Hey, what's up, listener? You made it to the 150th episode of the Jock and Nerd Podcast. Actually, we made it to the 150th episode of the Jock and Nerd Podcast. Still very surprising to me. In this episode, it's going to be business as usual. We got a bunch of geek news, a couple of video essays to turn you on to, plus listener email and lots of fun audio from you, our awesome listeners, celebrating 150 with us. All in this edition of the Jock and Nerd Weekly for Saturday, January 28th, 2017. It's a celebration, bitches. Check. Check one. All right. This is really fans out there. Let's give it up. We're chopping. We're nerding. We're funny. Disturbing. We're chopping. We're nerding. We're spoiling. Alert. Hey, 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 listener, what's up? Welcome to the Jock and Nerd Podcast. Jock and Nerd! My name is Imran. My name's Anthony. He's the jock. He's the nerd. Welcome to our 150th episode. Oh, shit. And of course, we gotta have with us everyone's favorite felty American. You know him, you love him. It's a man who will never acknowledge the hand up his slack hole. Rugberto Bambino, but we call him Rugboy. What's up, Rugs? Good earth to you. What's up, dudes? How's it going? And good earth to you both, motherfuckers. 150. You were so excited, you started talking over the intro music. Oh, hell yeah. Like, I right couldn't away. wait. Come on. Let's, and you didn't even fade it out, you asshole. Let's, it, it auto fades out. I have no control over the fade out, listener. Uh, ignore the man behind the curtain. Uh, look. Welcome. Thanks for checking us out. If this is your first show, you saw 150. If this is your first show, then you don't know why the fuck you just referred to that guy, third guy with the funny voice as a felty American. Uh, but th- things will become clear, Rugs, won't they? We have we're gonna we're gonna have a lot of explaining to do to some listeners. This is a fun show, Rugs. By the way, uh, how is everything over there in uh, felty land? It's good. Okay, that's good. I, I mean, I, listen, we got we got a felty for president, pretty much. That's a good point. Oh, so, you know, one of his own is... Uh, He's a puppet for, for Russia, right? <laughs> President puppet. Absolutely. Uh, look. He would like you to know that <laughs> there were more people at his inauguration than there were at Obama's. But if you do a side-by-side photo comparison, you could easily... Alternate facts, people. See that's Alternate facts. Look, if you are a first-time listener, this is a show where you could get away from all the fucking insanity that's been going on in the past seven days. Donnie has been in the job for seven days, every day, crazier than the last. Oh, shit. This can't possibly be sustained for four years. If it is, I will lose my mind. Anyways. I'm, I'm thoroughly entertained. So. It is entertaining, but there's no way he can This is what we have to put up with every day for four years. Oh, boy. This show is needed more than ever. Why? Because this is the, our Geek Digest weekly jock and nerd podcast where we sit down and geek out about things we like. And what do we like, Anthony? Titties. We like titties and comic books. <laughs> yeah, I'm with Anthony. On oh, shit. <laughs> he's the jock, of course, so he's got to have that. <laughs> Jocktastic. Who cares? A jock said that. Uh, Okay, so there's two things we like. <laughs> Number one being titties. Number two being uh, comic book stuff on the mo- in the movies, on TV, in pop culture. Uh, and uh, we love having you guys join us every week. Now, as this is 150... One fitty. One fitty. We're going to have a little fun. This episode, we got a bunch of news because we didn't do news last week. We did our little what the fuck happened to RIPD with the Matt Delhauer. Lots of fun. Uh, we got a couple of video essays, Anthony, you pulled up that are really good. I want to uh, shout those out and talk about them. Sometimes we, I post in the community. Sometimes you actually contribute to the show. Yeah, Thank you yeah. very much. 
Bro, do you even podcast? Uh, okay. And then we have audio clips from uh, some listeners uh, uh, about our 150 show. Solicited. Look, I solicited. If you've been listening to the show, I was like sending some clips. We got like seven clips to play uh, in in this episode. I, love, so. I can't wait to casturbate all over. Oh, the this this is going to be a very casturbatory episode, listener. Look, because 150, it's a you know, it's a big number for some, not for others. It's all relative, but you got to celebrate certain milestones. And we kind of set a tradition with the the rounded every 50 episodes a little bit. I feel. I think 50 is good. It's a good number. It's a good number to stop and reassess and uh, have a good time. So, like, for example, check out episode 50 where I was way too ambitious and did like an NPR style show about a a Chicago's longest running comic book store, variety comics shutting down after 41 years. It's a great show. I will never do that again. Don't do that shit. Holy shit. Is that a lot of work? It's just, it was a lot of work. If I had a month, if I have a month's prep time, maybe. And then 100 was just this summer. We talk about civil war. Remember? Yeah. Yeah. I do remember that. And then the special shit we did, we played some rug boy clips and uh, reminisced. And now we're already at 150. So for this one, we're going to play audio clips that were said by us. We're going to start right now with the first one from our buddy, David Malofsky. Hi, guys. It's David Malofsky from A Place to Hang Your Cape here. I just wanted to say congratulations on 150 fucking episodes. That's amazing. Now, as regular listeners know, Imran is always encouraging his guests to create their own podcasts. And I'm very pleased to announce that myself and Scott Meridu have taken this to heart. And along with uh, fellow A Place to Hang Your Cape writer Mark Russell, we'll be creating and debuting Pod Capers later on in 2017. Shocking nerd! <laughs> Shocking nerd! That's awesome. There we go. Look, we are wow. inspiring people. We are spreading the geekery. Malofsky, I don't know the third guy, but Malofsky and Meridu will be a good... Oh, Mer- Scott Meridu, who's been on the show, uh, he has great opinions and a... Great, crazy British voice. Yeah, I love it. Great ass. a great ass. Uh, oh, so shit. pod capers. I like it. All right. So we got, look, we're, we're birthing little pod babies. I love it. I love it. All right, guys. We got a lot of news to get to. Let's get it going. The Jock, Jock and Nerd Podcast. Pushing out the pod baby. Uh, if you guys want to interact with the show before we begin, I just want to mention visit jockandnerd.com slash contact. And you will find our Twitter account our facebook page our facebook group which is a lot of fun you can join it's open to everyone uh there's a little chat box there you can send us an audio message interact with us we'd love to hear from you and you're gonna hear some uh we're gonna share some email at the end of the show let's start with the dc extended universe it's a big phallic symbol is what it is it's extended dc extended penis it's like the alien head is that what uh hr geiger designed it as a big phallus big phallic that's right drawing yeah Alien penises. I love it. Dick with teeth. The head is, yeah, the head is supposed to be a penis. <laughs> it's a dick with teeth. And there's a penises all over it. Oh, do you need me to talk get closer. closer to the mic? Okay, I'll I like you all silky Speaking smooth. Speaking of penises. In my ear. Speaking of. The microphone is a penis. Yes. Okay. Uh, I'll get real close then. So we've, uh, this Shazam movie, people, there's all this stuff about uh, Shazam, Black Adam, The Rock apparently had a big meeting at DC Entertainment uh, a couple weeks ago. And why? It's because uh, New Line is developing a solo Black Adam movie for him before Shazam. Oh, shit. Uh, sounding like these two movies are going to be separate and Black Adam may not be even in the Shazam movie. Like, all, all this is a little confusing. Because, first of all, not a yeah. lot of people know Shazam. 
This doesn't make sense. This doesn't make sense. Black Adam is usually Shazam's antagonist. You know, Shazam's bad guy. So, well, what makes sense is you got a movie about Shazam. You introduce the bad guy, Black Adam, in the movie. Now, because of The Rock, they're pulling him out. They're going to make a Black Adam movie first. Really? First? Yes. And then I think they're going to have a, a, a Shazam movie. And then they said the two may meet down the line. Why? So I don't understand a Black what? Adam movie on its own. I don't know. Yeah, Wouldn't The Rock rather be Shazam? Well, yeah, I, think I could see him actually being Shazam. I thought originally he wanted he was champ, he wanted but, to be Shazam, but I actually was kind of intrigued by him being a villain. Like I wanted, I <laughs> yes. wanted to see that. Okay, so that's interesting because now with Suicide Squad, DC has kind of started there. We like uh, making these villains the main uh, the main person in the movie, having these villain centric movies. This could be a trend of that, but uh, overall, so and it says here. Here's where it gets really interesting. Uh, someone notes on Twitter that it's possible we'll meet Black Adam for the first time in Aquaman next year. If that's the case, the movie's probably the priority for the studio. It would make sense for the mythology to be built there uh, before we're introduced to Billy Batson and company. So in Aquaman, they introduce Black Adam. Then they give Black Adam a movie that leads into Shazam. And then Shazam becomes a thing. I don't know. Uh, I think The Rock is just like overshadowing the star power. It's, it's and, The Rock. And they're like, just do it. Give him whatever he wants. It's The Rock. It's The Rock. They want... The Rock is hot right now. I, mean, I still don't know why he would want to be a villain over over the hero and and take a risk and do a villain movie. Well, wouldn't you rather play the Joker than Batman, honestly, if you want a, a role to dig into yeah, sometimes? Why would you want a solo movie, though? That's so stupid. Like, you don't even have the main the, your main bad guy. Will anyone go to see a Black Adam movie? Guy. Well, that's the thing. I think they're banking on people will go to see whatever The Rock's in. It doesn't matter. They will. That never happens because he made movies that no one went to, like... Like Hercules, San Andreas. Did you see that? Well, yeah. that was before Fast Five is when he really started getting hot. When he when he did Fast Five, that's when everyone was like, "Oh shit, the rock." He starts to become a household name. Hercules afterwards. Her- was he? Yeah. Oh fuck. That. So speaking of shitty no rock movies, it. that's why no one knows when it came out, right? Like so, San Andreas rock movie directed by Brad Payton. Not a great movie, right? I haven't seen it. it looks like shit. The, the, uh, yeah. Brad Payton is also rumored to be directing the Black Adam movie with The Rock. So this whole thing <laughs> could be a hot mess. Well, they got the, yeah, they got the Rock trying to revive Baywatch. Got yes, they got that. They're like putting him in all these franchises. Yeah, yeah I mean, look, they don't know what they're doing when it nope. comes to comic book movies. Hollywood, they really got their heads up their ass, uh, especially Warner Brothers. Especially DC Warner Brothers, which leads us to our next bit of news. Uh Rumors about who is going to play Green Lantern, Hal Jordan Green Lantern, in this Green Lantern Corps. And apparently there's a short list of six or seven actors. Uh, these names are kind of ridiculous. So they are still uh, considering Ryan Reynolds. Oh, shit. Let's, let's stop before you even get into the other names. Yes. No. Do what not do fuck? that. Because Why would you do this? Well, Ryan Reynolds is hot right now because of Deadpool, for sure. But you do not want to associate with that Green Lantern movie in any no. way possible. Okay, yes. You want to erase the memory. You want to erase that. Ryan Reynolds is hot only right now. Now, don't forget, the last two What the Fuck Happens we did, both shitty Ryan Reynolds comic book movies. Oh, shit. So he's, yeah. well, it's just because of Deadpool. That he got very sure. lucky with Deadpool and he yes. shouldn't fucking rock the boat. Yes. At all. Absolutely. And uh, there's no, I mean, this, this would be stupid. So I don't know why they're even considering Reynolds. First of all, it clearly, him. no, they don't know what they're doing. It does, right. Well, they're, 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 
they're trying they're considering Ryan Reynolds because they're trying to make some money. They want the hottest actors in these roles. So the other names yeah. on the, on the list here we have Tom Cruise. No, 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 no. <laughs> Joel McHale. No, he's the guy from Community. He no. was on uh, Talk Soup. Okay. He's way too goofy. No. Bradley Cooper. Okay, maybe yeah, I'd I'd like Bradley. He, you, know, I, you know, he's voicing Rocket, but like you said in the, on the Facebook group, it's just his voice. That's There's no reason voice. he could do yeah. both. Yeah, that's a viable one. I like that. Bradley one. Cooper. Finally, I'm warming up to something. Uh, Jake Gyllenhaal. What do you think no. of Jake? No, I'm kind of okay with Jake Gyllenhaal. Uh, Army the, Hammer. And then he's well, a good, I, he, he's a good actor, but not for this. Well, and I was saving the next oh, one, okay. Army Hammer, because to me, I think that's your best bet. I like the Army Hammer pick. Army Hammer still need, is looking for that role that gets him like on that next level. Well, but look at all the the the, the DC uh, cast of heroes. Aside from your Ben Affleck, it's all these guys that are waiting for the thing to get them to the next level a little bit. Army Hammer is right there with your Gal Gadot, your Jason Momoa, your Ezra Miller. He had that weird movie with the Indians and stuff, right? Uh, he was Tonto or uh, Long Ranger in Tonto. He was a uh, Long yeah. Ranger. He was trying. That was trying to. That was, they were trying to make that his franchise, and it didn't. Work. That didn't really work. He also was in the Social Network playing the twins. Twice. The one guy playing the twins, which was amazing. But I really liked the pick of Army Hammer. And then there was one more name being thrown around, and that is Cyclops, James Marsden. Yeah, that's a good one too. Because yeah. of the popularity, he's really great on Westworld, playing like that. Uh, ever since in the article says ever since Westworld. Marsden has been pretty hot around here. They've discussed him for Hal as well. So Marsden and Army Hammer, I think, will be two great picks for the. But Hal. I think if they go with Cooper, that's probably the best pick for, for opening a film. Anyway, he would be your biggest uh, money Draw, money getter. Yeah. You think? Hmm. He's because he's not Tom Cruise, right? No, don't do Tom. And Tom Cruise just doesn't fit superhero. He if he would have gotten in early, like when he was like maybe ten years younger, yeah. Then, okay, let's talk about Tom Cruise. But he was fucking around with Iron Man and never committed to it or whatever, got kicked out of it. I don't remember what the deal was with him. But he was supposed to be Tony Stark. Can you imagine that alternate universe somewhere where... You know who I want? Yeah. Ryan Gosling. Gosling is Hal Jordan. Oh, shit. Huh. He's also uh, very hot right now. He's been hot. He's been hot. I think that Gosling is more edgy than, than Hal Jordan. So I, I would go with like a Marston or Army Hammer that are a little bit more square. The only reason I suggest, well, yes, Gosling is hot, fit literally and <laughs> and on the box in the box office. No, nah, he's great, but he's not had, and he's a great actor. He's not had his superhero film yet. He's not had his franchise, right? It's a good I mean, maybe he doesn't want to do that, but if he did, maybe. I, I mean, Army Hammer to me looks like what a Hal Jordan kind of like with the you oh, know you just know the body type. In, he's going to be in the next Blade Runner, so there. You Oh, that's right. Gosling is in uh, that twenty forty nine. Uh, so yeah, there. Uh, and I still think Sterling K. Brown for John Stewart. I don't know who that is. That dude from People versus OJ. Oh, we talked. About and this. this is us. Uh, okay, moving on to a little movie called The Suicide Squad. Uh, this came out. This report. Great headline. Ayers would make the Joker the main Suicide Squad villain if he could do it again. No shit, Sherlock. Oh, now. We reviewed it. Yes. Now the truth is coming out. The whole time he's trying to told a lot and be like, this is my movie. This is my cut. So uh, in a very candid response on Twitter, Ayers says this. Wish I had a time machine. 
I'd make Joker the main villain and engineer a more grounded story. I have to take the good and the bad and learn from it. I love movie making and I love DC. I'm a high school dropout and used to paint houses for a living. I'm lucky to have a lot. Yeah, I'm lucky to have the job I have. I have to give the character the stories and plots they deserve next time. Real talk. And no, there isn't a secret edit of the film with a bunch of Joker scenes hidden in a salt mine somewhere. Uh, yeah, this is something we all kind of felt. And I'm glad that he's like, you know what? Look, I regret this. Like that's, that's pretty ballsy of him to come out and say this. It's not surprising. I mean, it feels like, I feel like these last two DC films, everyone that's made all of both Batman V Superman and super squad, suicide squad, squad, suicide squad has like been backpedaling ever since either of these movies came out. Yeah. I mean, the problem with suicide squad is not only is the Joker, you know, not in the movie a lot, but it's not a good version of the Joker. No. I mean, I like Jared Leto, but what they gave him to do and what they made him do with the tattoos and this stuff is all unnecessary shit. So Speaking it of, is not an iconic version of the Joker. I'll no, tell you, not. I'll tell you where those uh, tattoos did pay off. Where? Uh, in the Oscar nominations, guys, the Oscar nominations came out out of the six main, you know, superhero movies we reviewed in our show. Best uh, superhero movies, 2016 two. Have been nominated for Oscars. Oh shit, geek boner! Uh, for whatever, whatever it's worth, you know, this is a show we have had an Oscar winner on the show, Sean Christensen. He's an Oscar winner, so uh, whether you you think they're relevant or not, it's a thing. So Suicide Squad gets nominated for makeup and hairstyling, which is weird because look, I, maybe the Joker being the highlight of the makeup and the fucking Enchantress being the low light, like the same movie where you have the Enchantress gets a fucking nomination for hair and makeup. I think they're doing the makeup for uh, Killer Croc. Killer Croc also was uh, very good, uh, and uh, they, I don't think any of the other are worth any sort of makeup nomination. You don't think this is because of uh, the Joker's design? No, well, or Harley Quinn, maybe, or Harley Quinn. But that's not that's not revolutionary. No, makeup. it's not. It's not. <laughs> not but yeah. it's the most copied, most yeah. right. You know, I've seen I've seen cosplay like that. Yes. <laughs> uh, so the other the three movies nominated for best makeup and hairstyling a movie called A Man Called Ove. It's a foreign film. Uh, Star Trek Beyond. Suicide Squad, fellas, do we think Suicide Squad takes home this Oscar? I haven't seen the other two movies to comment. I think Star Trek's got better makeup. Star Trek but... Beyond had some cool, crazy looking fucking aliens. They were pretty cool. Yeah. Idris Alba was one oh, of yeah. was I'm a crazy surprised alien. that Star Wars isn't involved in this. That's true also, because there was a lot of more like prosthetic stuff, but maybe that's yeah. uh it's more uh visual effects, which brings us to the next movie nominated superhero movie for an Oscar, Doctor Strange and Visual Effects. Thanks. Geek boner. Uh, it's going up against Deepwater Horizon, The Jungle Book, Kubo and the Two Strings, and Rogue One. A Star Wars story. Does Doctor Strange go take this Oscar? I think Jungle Book wins it. Jungle Book is entirely green screen with a right. kid who's acting to nothing, and apparently it's a fucking incredible. Yeah, I still haven't seen it, but everything I heard is that it's. I saw a little bit of it, but and and uh, it's all right. Rugs, what do you think? Who uh, who wins this Oscar for visual best? Visual I don't know. Effects? I really think that Kubo is really good. Doctor Strange was interesting. They had some interesting stuff. Rogue One was very grounded. I liked, and, and I, I think that Gareth, I can't remember if it's Edwards or Gareth Edwards. Edwards. You can never remember the poor guys. It's name. Evans or Edwards? Edwards. Evans. Gareth. Because there's another. There's another one. I get them confused. All right. So Gareth Edwards should get uh, a nod here because. Uh, the, the scale and the way it was handled was was different. It was way more like we've seen Star Wars done a thousand times, and the effects, it, you know, all the new Lucas effects, 
and we saw J.J. Abrams take on it, and I think that he did it in a much more grounded way, and I think it should be acknowledged. Fair enough. I mean, you got you got Disney going up against ILM, so those are two big, two big visual effects fucking uh, dudes there battling it out. Absolutely. Uh, okay, last thing in uh, DCEU news, this fucking Flash movie is uh, it's cursed. Three words a movie never wants to hear when it's trying to get made. Uh, flash script to get a page one rewrite. Oh, shit. Which the three words? Page one rewrite? Page one <laughs> rewrite. You, you read about eight words there. Uh, plus three plus uh, five. Yeah. Uh, so, look, we've already discussed how this thing has gone through three different creative directors. Like, I forget who initially had this. They dropped out for Seth Graham Smith. He drops out for Rick Fabuillo, who directed Drope. Uh, Fabio drops out. They can't hold on to a director. Uh, Warner Brothers Pictures has hired Joby Harold to do a page one rewrite, according to Variety. The film is previously scheduled for 2018 release. Uh, I don't think it's going to make it. What? Wh- why can't? What's going on here, guys? Why can't they get the flash right? How hard is this? Because they have a TV show out that's getting it mostly right, and they, they have to distinguish themselves from that TV show somehow, but still get it right. And that's hard. <laughs> Why, why they should you should it should have just been Wally West Flash and kept no, it separate. There's, there's yeah, there is a uh kind of a thing where the TV show already covered a lot of this shit, right? And they already kind of stepped on all, all over this shit. So like, uh, it does kind of uh make them a little impotent. It's like know? yeah, it took they took uh they took away their teeth. They, they just took away their fucking uh, whole. Mojo what, how are you there? gonna make it? How are you what gonna make you a do? script with Barry Allen that you don't retread the TV show? But still get it right. Because the comparisons are going to be made constantly. The whole time. If this movie fails, which it probably will, um, (laughs) everyone's going to be like, well, why don't you have Grant Gustin on here? Like what? what, Like they have something that they can compare to that's happening right now. Well, it it all depends on the tone. All right. So you have the first Batman movie that deals with Batman and the Joker being like, you know, do what the duality of them fighting each other. And then there's no other Batman versus the Joker movie up until the Dark Knight. And they did such a tonal shift and they did such a different take on it that was completely different. They didn't do anything with the with the chemicals and, and the sprays and the that type of shit. They completely different kind of Joker. Yeah. And they were able to pull it off. So even though if you saw the Batman movie and you saw the, the Dark Knight, you still had two, two completely different movies. But, and those characters were like. Even though they were parallel, they were very, very different. The, very es- different. the essence of the character was there, but yeah, you're right. You know, they Dark Knight should have got more heat for completely changing the Joker's origin, but it didn't matter. They pulled it off so masterfully, well, so well acted. When, we, when we get to that video, yes, essay, there's we'll a reason why because it's. Uh, but Jesus, this yeah, look, the tone has been set by these fucking shitty movies already, right? So it's because uh, th- the problem is the Flash is their Spider Man. It kind of needs to be lighthearted. It needs to have a lot of heart, and you need to connect with Barry Allen as kind of like a tragic, self-deprecating figure for you know for you to connect with this role. That's that's weird because Barry Allen. That's Wally West, actually. Wally West is Ah, more Peter Parker than Barry Allen. Okay, Barry Allen is like the aw shucks, goofy sort of cop, like blonde-haired cop, always late, always late, and like just kind of like he's almost like a square. That's actually Barry Allen. Ah. Wally West is the goofy. That's everyone gets confused because they watch the Flash TV show yeah, and yeah, they have yeah. Grant Gustin acting like Peter Parker. Yeah, when yeah. that's not yeah, really that's Barry also Allen. Very confusing. Yeah. Wow. Barry okay. Allen's so square. I get why this could be a little tricky to write <laughs> the Flash script movie, but this is like a major one for their their you know the movies they want to go out and the fact that no director they're rewriting the whole thing. 
uh, is not fair, bear well for this fucking movie. So Flash fans, you're going to, you're going to be waiting. All right. Uh, let's play another clip. Hey guys, what's up? It's Daniel from Geek Street Podcast. Big congratulations to you guys for reaching 150 episodes. I didn't think it could be done, and I only jumped on at, like, episode 60. I mean, who would have thought you guys would make it this long with Imran's annoying-ass voice? Hey, so, wait a minute. congrats. I don't know what I'm talking about. very, very happy for you guys, and I can't thank you guys enough for inspiring me to make an even shittier podcast than your guys's. <laughs> Speaking of our shitty podcast, check out Geek Street Pod. We're on iTunes, Stitcher, and all the other third-party apps. You can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Geek Street Pod. Again, guys, congrats. Keep up the great work. Talking nerd! We still Calm get down, you're out. too excited. <laughs> Uh, slow your roll, Daniel. Keep that enthusiasm. Yeah. Save some of it for your show. Look, another guy we inspire, though, yeah. uh, to start a show. And we sperm's still good. The thing is, we set the bar so low. It's still swimming. It still works. Yeah. Hey! Thank you, Daniel, for that audio clip. We got to get him on the show still yeah. uh, to Not promote sure. the Geek Street podcast. Him and his buddy, Joe. Wait, there's two cool. guys? There's two guys on the show. <laughs> I thought it was Nosker just doing his own thing. Clearly, I guess that makes sense. He wouldn't need to talk to somebody. Yeah, yeah, they're they're and they're awesome. So uh, thanks for that clip. Let's move on to some MCU news. Uh, it, this trailer's been up for a while. We just this haven't had MCU. Oh, sorry, Fox slash Marvel. Yeah. It's Marvel. Marvel properties news, not MCU. Uh, the fucking final Logan trailer. Geek Boner. Holy shit. Drop. This movie's coming out March 3rd. There was a, a a regular one and a red band one. I've only, I've watched the red band one over and over and over again. Wow. This could be a huge movie uh, for the X-Men universe. What'd you guys think? Who wants to start? It's definitely different. Um, at least in tone. We, we don't know until we actually see the movie, but. Yeah, Professor X is cursing and shit. Yeah, Professor, Professor X, X is cursing. Uh, Logan's cursing. Fucking Daphne Keene is X-23. How badass is this little girl? She's nailing it in the trailers. Oh, she, I fucking love it already. Like, you get uh, you get uh, the desperation and how fucking crazy she is. Yeah, I'm digging the, and I'm digging the, uh, the vibe. I'm digging that it's like this weird family sort of relationship going on. You know, like it's, the, set, the it's, setting. it's set five years after Days of Future Past. I read that this might be an alternate universe. Did you see that? Well, five days? No, five, five, five years. Five, five years. Sorry. So in, in five years from the epilogue of Days of Future Past, all the mutants have been eradicated? Like, I wonder what happened. But did you hear see that, what I was talking about? Who said that? I forget. Because Hugh Jackman said one thing, and then James Mangold. I think James Mangold said. Mangold said this is very much part of the X-Men universe and oh, continuity. Okay. Yeah, one of them said, like, this might be an alternate. Jackman kind of said that, and the Mangold's like, ah, he doesn't know what he's talking about. Well, right. he say, he's like, no, this is this is part of the universe. He said, to clarify, he goes, this takes place five years after Days of Future Past epilogue. It's in that timeline. Yeah. Uh, so. It's a lot in five years. Yeah, that's the thing. Like, he got ri- that all the mutants were fucking wiped out in five years. And what's up with the comic book? This I think the the inclusion of this comic book is kind of cool for a number of reasons. A uh, Joe Quesada did the cover, and this artist uh, I think it's Dan Panosian uh, did the inside, who's an X Men artist. So they commissioned him. Uh, these are made for the movie. They're not existing X Men comic books. 
They couldn't use X-Men comic books because of rights, obviously. Marvel's like, no, fuck you. You want to use X-Men comic books? Make your own. So in the one shot, you see him holding the cover with Sauron, and that's done by Joe Quesada. Um, and Dan Panosian's worked on Uncanny X-Men, X-Force, X-Factor, Ultimate X-Men. Uh, it's kind of cool, but so in five years, all the mutants have died, and they've become like a mythology of where people are making comic books. Because he even goes... This is kind of accurate a lot, but you know, more people died than this. He's like, some of it's true. Mm-hmm. That's very interesting. What do you guys think of that whole? Uh, I don't conceit? know. I think I would have, I would have gone like 15 years into the future. At least well, how, five seems too short, but how, whatever. Right. I think it's just a nice little, they never, ever going to throw in the yellow and blue costume. So they just wanted to put it on screen. Again. Do you think he'll wear that in the movie? <laughs> it's, it's in the, it's drawn in the book. I, the way this movie's tone looks, I don't see how you could wear that yellow and blue costume. No, it wouldn't fit. <laughs> it's very brown and deserty, and then you got to throw that bright ass costume on him. No, nah, it's not going to happen. By the way, that that guy that gets his uh, gets his head cut off. The Reaver is that what's in that the, bag? That's uh, Christoph Soshinsky, yeah, former UFC fighter. Oh, really, uh, dude? Like when she like throws her backpack off her shoulder, she's so badass. Like it's amazingly confident. It's so violent. So this is Laura Kinney. This is X twenty three. I mean, you know, we were always like, is it going to be somebody else? Clearly. She's got the two claws. He goes, holy fuck. Wow, though. This looks uh, like a great, dark uh, movie. You guys want to hear? They've screened the first 40 minutes. You want to hear the opening? what the opening sequence is? Do we want to spoil that? I don't want to know about it. You don't want to know about it? Uh, don't do it. I'll put the link in the show put notes, the listener. Show. Yeah, put the link in. I don't want to spoil it. You can read the opening sequence. It's uh, It sets the tone. It's pretty badass. Of course, uh, every you can find everything we talk about in the show notes, jockandnerd.com slash 150. You know, there's parts of this trailer that are like uh, the parts where uh, Professor X is like freaking out and stopping time. And uh, the I think some of these scenes where he's running through the woods is berserker mode. Could that possibly be where Wolverine dies? Also, that little shot of him holding hands. Bloody hands uh, is the, I mean, this is the last movie he said he's going to be in. Uh, I, I can't wait to this fucking thing looks so badass. They look, it's just, it looks so cool. The, the shot at the end with her wearing the funny sunglasses, but then blood on her hands in yeah. the car is, is really good. It's fantastic. Yeah. There's a lot uh, of cool imagery there. You know, the, I'm, I'm confident in this because it's James Mangold, right? Yes. And he did the Wolverine and other, up until the end when the Wolverine got really comic booky, it was really like different, like very noir Japanese noir sort of feel. And it was, yes. it was different than anything I'd seen uh, in terms of uh, superhero films. And I feel like, you and know, it was really good up yeah. until, well, up until that climax scene where you're, they're fighting giant silver samurai. It, it was like a, like it felt like almost a real movie just happened to have superheroes. So, and that may have been a thing where the, you know, studio interference again, they're like, okay, comic book this up at the end, you bastard. Right. And he caves. Now this seems like something he would wants to make from beginning to end, you know, right. It sounds like, you know, Jackman took a pay cut to reduce the budget for this movie so they could get the R rating, so they could tell the story they want. Uh, I'm just, I get more and more excited uh, as the day gets closer. March 3rd, fucking Logan is going to be badass. This could be huge. Like, Deadpool was huge in the sense that it was R-rated comedy. This is, uh, this could be like Blade huge. Bring us back to that R-rated adult superhero flavor I mean, they gotta go they gotta go big because this is the last one so i'm hoping that it's good that's the other thing yeah these but two, i don't, I don't think they're, they're actually going big in terms all of scale in, not I think in the scale story is yes. very small they're going big in terms of character well, i mean they're not leaving anything on the like on the table they're, they're doing it all right right i think they're gonna try and go as far as they can with the characters they could possibly go 
And we'll see how loose, loosely adapted the old man Logan Wolverine story it is because in that isn't like Hawkeye in that. There's and a there's, bunch of Marvel. Yeah, I mean, old man yeah. Logan is like a basically like a romp through a wasteland of su- dead superheroes right, and shit uh, like that. Yeah. So this is uh, it's gonna be him. It's gonna be him dealing with his legacy as an X Men, mentoring this girl, trying to save Charles. Um, I think it's just gonna be about the girl, mostly about the I girl. I just think it's about like I, I think the way that they see it is that they need to pass the baton. Yeah. So they they're using X twenty three to pass the baton, and this is how they do it. It's also um kind of a full circle kind of story. So in the first X Men, Wolverine's this like lone wolf, kind of this wild animal, and yeah. Professor X brings him in. Yep. And now Wolverine is basically in that role now of being the older guy that's trying to bring in another wild animal well, sort of person. And it's, it's, that's always great to watch because teaching them family in the stuff. comic book. He's always a uh, rogues mentor or Kitty pride's mentor. He's always had this relationship. And those are some of the greatest stories Wolverine has is what he's like mentoring a young, mutant you know girl. why it's great. Why this character fucking grows character development. <laughs> people two words at a certain studio <laughs> needs to look up and put really big in their offices and we'll get to that character development. So, yeah, full circle. Hopefully they got the balls to kill Wolverine and leave her as the next Wolverine. And then, you know, you want to bring her back. You jump ahead. She's grown Maybe up. She's a badass. Yeah. You, but you, you make her a badass Wolverine in the yellow and blue or whatever costume you want. And she's the Wolverine. It does surprise me that we made it to 150 with your annoying ass voice. I don't know what you guys are talking about. Uh, <laughs> oh, yeah. I think my voice is equally or more annoying. Than uh, <laughs> Geerific. I don't know. It's debatable. I wonder why you picked your no. I guess you're on more than I am. I'm the only asshole that's been on 150 goddamn episodes of the show. This is true. Every time, over and over again, vocal and, fry, and I think anyone? every episode you have double the amount of words anyone else has on the show. Absolutely. I got to keep the proportion and the balance. It's all about <laughs> uh, trucks and balances, people. So uh, okay. You're just saying words. Let's, yeah. exactly. Let's, uh, I just up my ratio. It's a little, it's like, instead of a. Fuck off, Imran. What's the next topic? Instead of a pedometer, <laughs> I have a wordometer that I got to hit a million words a day. Oh my God. Or right. remember, uh, my voice goes away. I choke up. That's I can't true. talk. That's true. I got to keep lubed up. Okay. So Black Panther? Yeah, well, let's get to some MCU news. Uh, Avengers Infinity War and Black Panther have both started production. Sweet. Very exciting. They both apparently are. They've started filming in Atlanta. Nice. Uh, Production designer Charles Wood talked with comicbook.com about his work on Doctor Strange, his fourth film with Marvel Studios, and designing, working on the sets for Avengers Infinity War. So he said what had him excited about tackling Avengers Infinity War is, he says, anytime you turn the page on that script, you're kind of staggered, blown away, terrified by what's in front of you, Wood said of Infinity War. That terror comes from what he and the team have to make real, the environments for these characters to explore and live within. And those environments will be expanding far beyond Earth, Wood revealed. I think rather like Doctor Strange, you'll find this film, it's not regurgitative, yeah? What I'm trying to say is there are many, many, many new worlds to see in this film. Cool. That's awesome. You got Thanos, you got cosmic threats, you got 60, 70 superheroes, I don't know. Uh, It's very exciting that uh, they're, they're, they're saying many, many worlds. The movies, That's what man. it should be. The movies, I mean, they pull that off. Fanboys and Marvel, everyone that loved the comics will just cream themselves over. And oh, over. my God. This could be so huge. So the fact bring that Jurgens with you bring a lot of Kleenex and the fact that they're in production means we might see some shit 
uh, this summer at San Diego or at D23. That's possible, yeah. You know, they're all we're going to have uh, things. Also, here's some more info about Infinity War. couple of rumors uh, reported to a screen crush. Director Joe Russo explained last year he wanted the first Infinity War movie to be very different and distinctive. Is that your news? Production starts soon. No, it's regarding... <laughs> uh, some minor characters like Jane Foster and Pepper Potts. Okay. There are some news regarding these two big screen actresses. Both Iron Man's Pepper Potts and Thor's Jane Foster are said to be making a return, regardless of Gwyneth Paltrow and Jackie's Natalie Portman's already fulfilled contracts. According to the rumors, the return's cameos is intended to be a gesture of goodwill. There will be no renegotiation of their contracts. Paltrow did say she'd be open to more Pepper. Uh, she's acknowledged to be a great franchise. So that part's interesting. Like if you have to, it's in the contract where you're like, look, you got to give us a cameo for free out of goodwill. No, no, no. At it's some not point in the contract. It's just out of goodwill. That's oh, on their own part. They're right. like, look, I'll do this regardless yeah. of, uh, you totally okay. misread that. I did. Even though I read it <laughs> word for word. Uh, lady death rumors are, are circulating. Uh, you know, in the past they thought Hela, the Asgardian ruler from Thor was going to be, the baddie. She was speculated to be Thanos' eye of affection, but this new rumor has Eva Green in Final Talks to be playing Lady Death. That's the perfect casting right there. Who is Eva Green? Look her up. She was a Bond girl. Oh. She is the lead in Penny Dreadful, which is a show I really like, but they canceled. Ah, yes, yes, yes. And she always like shows it. her boobs in every movie. Oh, good. That works. Like She's been in Casino Royale and Miss Peregrine's Peculiar Children, 300 Rise of yeah. the Empire. She's got the look she's, of death. Yeah. Yes. She's very, very like uh, evil looking or, or kind of like nefarious like a, like a vampire. Dark, yeah. Yeah. No, I like that. Eva Green for Lady Death. I like that. Uh, here's- the, I'm very curious, though, to see how they they portray a Lady Death, the, the personification of death. I mean, that's going to yes. be really that could be real real cheesy real quick like is it a hallucination right. to him is he is she an actual well, was she something in his life was she actually a person or is he like you said hallucinating or is he this? just fascinated or, with death or is death actually like personified? A character. yes yeah. yes yeah i don't understand the whole concept of something like death which is like something that's intangible being a woman right it's well, weird. but the, the, the same thing in uh, the dc vertigo universe death is a, a young punk goth teenage girl in the Sandman. Yeah. So the character of death exists both in Marvel and DC, and it just exists in mythology. Like people have personified death always. I think I think it's interesting to make her a woman. I like I love DC. She was a woman. She was a woman in uh, in the Thanos origin story. Yeah, yeah. In in Marvel, but always. Yeah, it's in the comics. She's a person, but yeah, I never liked her. that idea. I always I like. Was, yeah. Was I was like, nah, I don't like that. <laughs> yeah, I didn't really like. I, it, they portrayed it. I remember in the Thanos book is like he was the only one that could see her. Like he was hallucinating, right? Like right. He was so fucked up. Yeah, yeah. So He's we'll just see. obsessed with the personification of death. Uh, this is where it gets interesting. It was recently announced that Peter Dinklage has been in talks oh. for Avengers: Infinity War. Now comes the role he's rumored to be in. Casting is underway for Etree, the creator of the Infinity Gauntlet. Peter Dinklage is in nego- negotiations for this role, so it would make sense that uh, Dinklage, who played Simon Trask. Wasted him as Simon Trask. In X-Men Days of Future Past, the inventor of the Sentinels. He was a little bit wasted. There was no point to have Peter. No, he was. Uh, but that was a great casting in the sense that, like, they, you know, they hired him for his talent and not you like his stature. Computer graphics to make him tall. 
Oh my god! <laughs> Imagine they just recreated him and made him like a normal sized dude. Hey Peter, you ever wonder what you'd look like if you were uh, yeah, normal size? There you go, right here. I think the little people community would be a little. Upset. Is that oh, offensive? Shit. No, it's not. It's the same way. Look, I have it's the a character. Little... You're playing a character. What the yes. fuck? Yes. Well, you just said Imran. It's great that they hired him because not because of his height, but yes. because of the, just like his acting talents. <laughs> and now you're agreeing with Redboy. They, t- they take him and stretch him out and post. Uh, <laughs> holy shit! Look, I have the Lego. I'm completely white. I would be okay if they're like, look, we're gonna. CGI you all brown like you're supposed to look in post would not be offended at all. What about a white guy but going blackface? That Soul Man? Soul Man? <laughs> you ever seen Soul Man? <laughs> Horrible movie. Uh, so Dinklage as the creator of the Infinity Gauntlet. It's pretty cool. So they're also looking to cast uh, Corvus. Corvus Glaive. Remember like him? That, yeah. His right hand man. And a bunch of followers of, of Thanos, including Black Dwarf, Supergiant. There's uh, Ebony Maw. Proxima, it was like his little cabal. Black Swan. You need all of them because if you're going to have that many characters, you need, you can't just retread the old Marvel Avengers way of creating a bunch of nameless, faceless drones or aliens. You need need more than just Thanos for them to fight. You need actual physical entities for them to fight that have character or personality. And those, uh, all those, uh, his loyal followers are very interesting. You know, it turns into like a Game of Thrones thing. At at the very least, they're all going to look different and you can distinguish who they're fighting. Right. Whether, rather than it just be Ultron bots or Shatari aliens. Yeah. I mean, we had, we had Ronan. Ronan died, right? They killed him. Ronan's dead. They should, why did they do that? That's stupid. Yeah. Oh, that's Marvel. They like to kill their villains. But they don't kill anybody else. So uh, in Black Panther news, they have put out an official synopsis. Sweet. We got a new logo. The logo is... Uh, the logo. Click you, on you it. Saw, you saw, did you see the logo? I, haven't, I don't ever read the show notes. So the top is the original shiny logo, but in the back of the chair like is more of a grungy logo. It's like the director's chair. So I don't know. There's two different logos. It's weird. I don't know if this is the new logo, the grunge one. I don't like it. I like the original like black the original. one better. That one's more. Black Panther for me is very regal. That's this is that's way more that, regal. Yeah. This turns it into some like everything else. Like uh, oh, it's the cool grungy scruffy fucking. That turns text. it into a Netflix TV show. A little bit, a little bit. That should be the Defenders, well, right? You see that works, right? Still better than Marvel's most wanted. Yeah. Oh, that oh, was Jesus the worst Christ. logo ever. Lame. Uh, so uh, the the tweet indicates Black Panther and Avengers: Infinity War filming simultaneously. In Atlanta, here's the official synopsis. Black Panther follows T'Challa, who, after the events of Captain America Civil War, returns home to the isolated, technologically advanced African nation of Wakanda to take his place as king. However, when an old enemy reappears on the radar, T'Challa's medal as king and Black Panther is tested when he is drawn into a conflict that puts the entire fate of Wakanda and the world at risk. Okay. Indeed, you know, synopsises don't tell us much, but this is telling us a little bit of interesting things. I don't like the world at risk part. See, there's that. So not only is Wakanda at risk, which that makes sense. Why does everything have to be a world ending fucking risk as well? Right. It should just be Wakanda. Rugs, what do you think about that part? Shitty writing. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> also, they, you know, we got a mention of his enemy, an old enemy, which is Killmonger, I guess it's going to be. Uh, but uh, again, this cast, fucking what a crazy cast this is. This is good. Winston Duke, Angela Bassett, Lupita Nyong'o, Chadwick Boseman, Martin Freeman confirmed. Of course, he's playing a character, Everett Ross, who's tied to Black Panther in the comic books. Andy Serkis back as Ulysses Claw from Civil War. Sterling K. Brown, that's the, John, the guy who wants to play Jon Stewart. Your boy. Yes. Florence Kasumba, Forrest Whitaker, Denai Guerrero, Michael B. Jordan, Daniel Kalua, Letitia Wright, 
John Caney. Uh, what an awesome cast. Like this cast and Barack Obama. And now Barack Obama. Because they might as well, he's got nothing else to do. They might as well put him in this as like the elder statesman. there, like reading a newspaper. Oh my God. He should play the ambassador to Wakanda. That'd be great. Yeah. Get him in there. All black people. Except for two. Except for two. <laughs> so not. That I mean, this cast, ratio. the Thor cast also is an amazing, uh, diver- but this cast, I can't wait for this movie. The way, I mean, but this movie doesn't have enough Asians in it. No, it no, should. No, I think Asians should be angry. Boycott Black Panther. Oh, yeah. Oh, Anthony, you start the charge. Get your social Do justice it. warriors and start a hashtag, you motherfucker. I don't know. You don't care? No, you don't, don't care. Okay. Uh, you have to give Marvel credit there. They're casting very well. No, this is this is a good step. Yeah. Marvel has never missed with their cast. Spot on all the time. Like, that's one thing you can be assured of. They get, they get good cast. Yeah, they, they don't always utilize the people they have in the roles the right way, but they have good cast. Whereas DC, DC... No, DC has good cast. DC has good, great casting all the way to really questionable what the fuck you're doing casting. It's not as consistent. Sometimes, yeah. Right? There, there are some misses. There are problems in the writing room and the directorial. Right. Right. But Marvel's casting, man, they'll, they'll pick crazy picks, but you know it's always going to work somehow. They will, their formula is they want you to care about their characters. So they, again, there's that word character. So they, they cast the theme. best they can get in these roles. Absolutely. They don't, they, their plots might not be the most elaborate, but you're going to give a fuck about their characters. It may be a little formulaic, but yes. And we, look, we will get into that. When we get to those video essays, but yeah, there's that word again, character, character development. Uh, moving on to, uh, some Spider-Man news. Wahoo. Uh, we have, of course, uh, July Spider-Man Homecoming is coming out. Uh, they were also Sony was also contracted to do an animated Spider-Man movie in okay. 2018, and now the animated Spider-Man movie has its star. It's not Peter Parker. Miles Morales, the Ultimate Spider-Man, has been confirmed as the protagonist of this movie, uh, being brought to you by Phil Lord and Chris Miller. Geek Booner. That's pretty cool. Uh, now. Will Donald Glover be voicing Miles Morales? No, why would you do that? Because he did it voicing the voice in an animated. Why Why? not? Donald Glover's like 30 years old. Yeah, but it's a voice you can age down. He did did Miles on the Ultimate Spider-Man cartoon. Get someone younger. You think they need a guy who sounds like a teenager? I know Donald Glover has this like obsession with Spider-Man. Yeah. But we need to stop. I mean, Donald Glover's already in the fucking movie. You don't need to cast him. He's in the movie. He's a 15-year-old kid. Yes. No, stop. I'm. Uh, what do you think about this, Rex? Are you excited to see a Miles Morales uh, full feature, animated full length feature? Sure, it's gonna be cool. I like Miles Morales, and I think from Phil Lord, Chris Miller, uh, they have a lot of fun. I like. Fun I like properties. I like Miles Morales because he's Miles Morales. He's not Peter Parker, and they just switched him. You know, whatever. He's a different character. You can do whatever you he want with it. Own, he has his own. You know. He has his own way of doing things. He has his own approach. He has different powers a little bit than Spider Man. Um, and uh, he's got his own problems. So I love it's, it's interesting to me to see, uh, to see a take on a character that's completely different. That is actually a different character that's under the Spider-Man umbrella. That's cool. I just don't like when they do a thousand characters that are Spider-Man that dilutes the brand, but I think there's room for a couple and And I'm glad that this one is the one that's getting the movie. You know, we've always talked about like the, uh, them, switching making iron man a girl and like how how to bring more inclusion and this is a, a, one of the examples of how to do it the right way like you want you know why spider-man have to be white well come up with a black spider-man or come up with a half black half latino spider-man this is what they did this is the way to do it not to just constantly 
uh, replace the character. Yeah, I mean, like, there's room for, like, that's the thing is, like, um, Batman has a, a cast of Batman family, and you can d- diversify through that. And Spider-Man, you know, I mean, with Dan Slott writing it, there's a fucking thousand Spider-Man. But, <laughs> yeah. I mean, if you could just keep it pared down to maybe, like, a handful and kind of manage that little group, I think that there's room to develop uh, these these Spider-Man characters. I just think that um, what they're doing in Marvel with, with, with Dan Slott, it's diluting the brand. But if they just focus on the small, like, five or six at the most, you can do it. I think that's a lot, even five or six. Too many Spider-Man. Too many everything. <laughs> there is too many everything. It's like, it's ridiculous. If there was like five rug boys, you want to kill yourself. <laughs> well, that's a good point. When you put it in those terms, you're absolutely Four too right. many rug boys. No. Wowie zowie. Uh, Anthony, any comments on, you like the Miles Morales? I like Miles Morales. I'm, yeah, get him, give him his uh, animated Give him his due, man, game. but Why not man? Donald Glover. Let's get a teenage kid. Let's just get a kid. Like, you can't tell in a voice, man. That's the thing. It's like, you, you can get an older guy sound like kid. Yeah, I know, but still. This movie's coming out December 2018, so long ways away. Uh, finally, I found this really interesting article regarding what M- Marvel Studios and DC Studios kind of pay creators of these characters and the difference. Uh, so, Mar- MCU has obviously relied heavily on characters created by writer and artist Jim Starlin. Stalin created Thanos, Drax, Gamora, all Marvel canon on the screen now who are in Guardians of the Galaxy. But the amount of money apparently he's received for these characters on screen appearances pales in comparison to a minor DC character that appeared in Batman versus Superman. Here's what James Stalin wrote on his Facebook. Just received a very big check from DC Entertainment for my participation in Batman v Superman Dawn of Justice, parentheses, Anatoly Kinyazev, the KG Beast. Much bigger than anything I've gotten for Thanos, Gamora, and Drax showing up in any of the various Marvel movies they appeared in combined. Guess I'll finally have to sit down and watch the movie. Oh, shit. The KG Beast. He got more money for the KG Beast than Marvel was willing to dish out for these properties. It's very, very interesting in terms of creator rights. I can, and, tell, uh, you, I can tell you right now yeah. why. Because I think with Marvel, they've established themselves as they're going to make shitloads of movies. So over time, there's going to be like three or four Guardians of the Galaxy. Uh, yeah, eventually, yeah. It'll, it'll add up. With uh, DC, you don't really know if you're going to get your money <laughs> They're like, you know what? We're just going to give you, you we're going to give you all this right now because this we may not have this money later. It, yeah. It's an interesting, that's an interesting <laughs> I mean, I'm completely just basing it on complete bullshit. That's awesome. Um, I would say it's also, I mean, it's just the comic book industry and in the, in the, in the, the movie industry now uh, has always shit on the creators. I mean, the old creators. They're just the shit into the stick. It's because all these old creators, they made these things and, they just made them. They didn't like think about that this thing was going to last 50, 60, 70 years and that they could make money off of this thing. Yeah. They weren't thinking like that. No, the they, so their contracts, the contracts didn't reflect they, that. Yeah, that yeah. never got reflected. It was a lot of work stuff. for hire. A lot right. of just, they sold everything. I mean, we're just now. I mean, Marvel could, could they, could they at the kindness of their heart give Jim Starlin <laughs> a check? Sure. But are the, at the end of the day, they're going to be like, yeah, he made this 50, 60 years ago, but this has nothing to do with how this movie is going to be successful. Well, that's, or not. Uh, that's a good argument. And, and they're not, I mean, Marvel Studio, we've, we've heard a ton of stuff other than Robert Downey Jr., how 
badly they pay their actors in comparison. Yeah. So why would they give the fucking creator? Any money? They don't. <laughs> do, that's not right. how they work. No, no. And like you, you know, you think about when Marvel Comics started. Stan Lee kind of pulled the same thing. Like he would run around, take credit for a lot of the plotting that the artists did. And he would just come in and and fill in the word bubbles. Yeah, I mean, you know? it goes back to when these people were when these characters were made. No one knew that this was going to be the thing it is. Now. I mean, seventy plus years later, we're just now they're adding Bill Finger's credit to Batman along with Bob Kane. When it turns out Bill Finger really did all the heavy lifting on all the concepts but, of but Batman. You think and Bill Finger, creators. when he made Batman, was like, "This is going to be an icon. I'm making an icon." Bill right Finger now. was just happy to have a job. He was just fucking drawing, man. <laughs> he just no, he was the writer. Or he was the artist too. He was just happy to be working in comic books. He's like, whatever, Bob, you do what you want. For hire, man. Yeah. That's the fucking demon. It is. It's uh, It's still so. Uh, it's uh. It's. I mean, it sucks, but it know. sucks. But like, just the, the comparison. I like. Uh, I like Rug Boys. Uh, I like Rug Boys theory yeah. though. That's probably what it that is. makes you feel better. Ah right? uh, uh, yes. Yeah. yeah. All right. Uh, hey, it's time for another clip from our listeners. Congratulations on 150 episodes of goodness from Whiskey TK and the rest of your boys over at Insert Coin Continue. And for answering my question, what the fuck did happen to RIPD? How could a movie with Jeff Bridges be so fucking off? Anyways, congratulations, Ken. Don't forget, you're always welcome to come over to InsertCoinContinue.ca if you want some of the goodness that we've been cooking up. They play our promo a lot. And we played their promo. Canadian sounded like he was stuck inside Tron the game. <laughs> that he was, sounded like Jeff. Bridges. He sounded like Jeff Bridges from Tron. Thanks to Insert Coin for that clip. And uh, if you check out our last episode, you can find out what the fuck happened to RIPD. We play them a lot, huh? Uh, yeah, we play their promo. They play our promo. Nice. So thanks, guys, for uh, doing the promo swap. And uh, you know, he does have a point on paper. A movie with like Jeff Bridges, Kevin Bacon, Mary Stewart, Ryan what's Reynolds. her name, Ryan Reynolds. Like, yeah, that could be good. No. No. Sucks. Sorry. Ryan Reynolds, man. Not funny. Uh, it's Ryan Reynolds. No, exactly. It's not, Ryan. I don't <laughs> know. it's not just Ryan Reynolds. All right. We got a couple more things in movie news to discuss uh, before we get to some television uh, news. Uh, Power Rangers. This Power Rangers reboot. Anthony, this is, uh, I'm going to rely on you. This is more All your right. generation. All right. All right. They got a trailer out. Yeah. Uh, the second trailer for this movie that comes out uh, 2017. Uh, I saw the trip. Here's my thing. I was a little bit old for the Power Rangers. I still watched it with, you know, let me see as trailer, fresh eyes. It does nothing for me. Sure. Sorry. Sure. I can't. I mean, it looks like a, uh, you, you fucking- guys talk about things and they do nothing for me. Too. Exactly. Right. Uh, rugs. what do you think of the trailer? Well, I did watch the Power Rangers when it first came on because it was like an Ultraman Voltron, uh, you know, Kaiju thing. And I was like, Oh, let me check it out. And I like Japanese shit. And uh, I thought it was fun for like a little kid show, but I also thought it was kind of annoying because it reminded me a lot of Voltron. Yeah. So I've seen various amounts of Power Rangers. Um, I've seen the old movie with, with, uh, that looks like the, the guy who played Apocalypse. Oh, yeah. Ooze, Dr. Ivan Ooze. (laughs) Ivan Ooze, yes. Yeah. And I seen that movie and, you know, that was a uniquely bad movie. Um, (laughs) So this movie looks like it's got more production value than uh, any Power Ranger movie or any kind of Power Rangers related thing it has ever gotten. So on that note, it's it's kind of okay. The thing that bothers me the most, I would say, is the unevenness of the tone and the fact that... um, Rita Repulsa doesn't really look or act like she's supposed to. 
And the last thing I don't like is the giant robot. I feel like the Megazord is very generic looking. It's not, doesn't look cool. Like the thing I love about Voltron, which is the predecessor to everything like this, like, you know, combining monsters that combining robots that fight monsters um, is that Voltron is distinct in, in, you know how it forms and you could actually, you know, that the, the lions are part of his arms and they, they, they fold and they turn to defeat. Right. And this new thing, it looks like that the designs of these monsters completely disappear. Yeah. And then this new thing forms. And they just become made of anything. The best part of Ultron is what he always said. And I'll form the head. That was my favorite part. So I feel like that. And and this is an epidemic, especially with these Michael Bay transformers. Like they overcomplicate the simple thing of something transforming to a point where it's unrecognizable as what it was. And it's, I don't like that. I like that you could still see Optimus Prime. You could still see wheels and shit. And yeah, you need to see, like, the, the windshield and the windshield wipers and parts of the truck. And, you know, yeah. that that's what made it cool. Uh, you got your Brian Cranston playing, uh, what's his name? Zord- 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 Zordon? Zordon. 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 But he's playing it like, you know those things you buy at gift shops where you put your hand through the pins and it kind of pushes them yeah, forward? Yeah, they did that in Superman. That's oh, they stole yeah, it. they stole it from Superman. So, also, this is the movie, let's not forget, I get a Chronicle vibe out of this, but wasn't this where Max Landis got fired and then he, like, badmouthed them and said, yeah, they fired me and this remade Chronicle is what, uh, what yeah, happened. Yeah. Uh, so, Anthony, what when you were growing up, first of all, Power Rangers, what did you like about the Power Rangers? Why Power Rangers? Well, I was a fucking kid. Um, no, well, that's what I mean. What was it at that age that appealed? <laughs> I mean, to you? there, there was the the martial arts aspect. There was it was very colorful. Red Ranger, Green well, Ranger, Pink Ranger. Well, they were stuff. ethnically matched, weren't they? The Pink Ranger was hot. Too. Pink yeah. Ranger was hot. She used to hook up with Tommy, who was the White Ranger, Green Ranger. And you knew your racist colors because of the show, right? <laughs> no, I mean, and the the whole like, you know, I was a Godzilla fan, so they, kaiju battles. They, yeah, there's kaiju battles in, yeah. in there and all that stuff. So that's cool. What do I think about this? Yeah. You know, we, we did, I brought up an essay a long time ago about Marvel's color grading. Yeah. And this is weirdly color graded too, where even though they're all colorful, they're not that colorful. It's very monochromatic, it's very, yeah, very mon- DCEU color palette. Yeah. Very like Marvel. I mean, it's like these things should be much more colorful than they are really that are. People are afraid to have these things pop a little bit. Right. There's not a lot of pop, especially with colored Rangers, which is weird. If this is as good as Transformers, the first one, it'll be a success. I, I, that's that's the bar is the first transformer. What have you noticed that they've changed here compared to the the show? Well, you're not everything. Yeah, every. I mean, the the, the human characters weren't strong. Like they weren't like super strong. The when suit they were human. made them strong. The suit. Once they got in the suit, they could still fight. They could still do martial arts ah. without the suits on. But they weren't like like they showed a shot of the kid breaking like. So now they have sick. powers, right? Yeah. yeah, that's weird. They you know they like, they found like these entities that were like. Entities that represented animals, and then they took them on. Um, Avatars. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, what's also different is the Pink Ranger's not hooking up with Tommy. <laughs> Pink Ranger's hooking up with someone else. Means. I think she's hooking up with the Red Ranger. All I know is, is the Asian Ranger still a yellow one? I don't think so. <laughs> the, I, I think, think he's they, the Blue Ranger. They switched the, the, the race and the ethnicity. They also made these, the right? Asian Ranger not a woman. But the Pink Ranger's still a girl. She's still a girl. But the Black Ranger's not the black guy? I don't think so. Okay, that's good. There's some progress there, people. Oh, You're right, shit. the rugs. I didn't notice that until now, but when they f- combine to form 
they're I forgot what they call that. Megazord. 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 You you used I loved the toy. The toys were the best part yes, because yes. you could literally take apart the toys. Yes. And they were like the animals. This but is then, Voltron, god damn it. This is why I had a Voltron that was like three and a half feet high. It was right. these giant plastic. It was awesome. And you put people in them and then you fold it up and connect it. That was the coolest part that with shit the, was the Power Rangers toys was that you could fold these toys up and add them together and they would still have like the chest plate was still like the the Pink Rangers like wings. It was so still identifiable yeah, parts. Yeah, yeah, you could see that, and the, and the coolest thing was like you could buy additional toys and add on to the Megazord and make it Super Megazord. Yeah, like, that was the coolest. Part. But now this becomes like they just ignore that now and it make just looks it like, like a transformer. It's a homogenous transformer. Uh, well, now, I, now the Megazord just from this screen cap looks kind of like uh, what's his face. Uh, a little Pacific Rim looking. Maybe? A little Pacific. I was, I was going more uh, Megatron, which is not how he's supposed Ugh, to look. Yeah. So yeah, he looks like shit. So like, Whoever did that? How do they not know how to design something? That's what. The, <laughs> I mean, like, uh, I mean, maybe I, I don't know. Am I? Am I like not from this earth? Like, I don't know. It's like I'm not. I'm. A, I'm an idiot. I'm a moron, and I know that this is not how you should do it. But whatever. Uh, I, no, I mean, for me, so for me growing up, like, like Rug said, it was, uh, Spectre-Man and Ultraman was kind of the, uh, Japanese imports that I watched. They'd be dubbed. It would be kaiju battles and a guy. And then I was too old, obviously for this, but this fucking show is still on. I saw it on TV. I checked the, it's season, uh, season 24. Yeah. But they're not going for that more. Well, they're going for kids, but they're going for people like me that grew up with this show. Yeah. It's a heavy nostalgia, heavy nostalgia and more. And the tone is not. It doesn't seem that kitty. It's more teenage yeah. angst. It's very chronicle. Of, yeah. yeah, I mean, I don't. It's just I it didn't do nothing. I don't. Th- I would you go see this like opening day? That's my question. No, not opening. Day. Right, but you, would you see it in the theater? Even I would have to see the reviews first. <laughs> okay, I, I, I would totally watch this movie, but I mean, like, it, I know that. I just think that there's some stupid shit going on that I don't like. Hey, I'll, I'll put it like this: I grew up loving the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. I still haven't seen the first. That's two, a good point. Yeah, and, and, and yeah, they uh, both kind of suck. Yeah, yeah so. Yeah. You can't you can't beat that movies that they made in the eighties. That that was great. There's still something about those weird animatronic heads I'm that just you, works. Transformers Guys in one, costumes works. Transformers one was solid and solid entertainment. Then they got really fucked up. The best what you probably yeah probably yeah, the best well, yeah, at all by far because it was shitty, yeah it was the first one and it, it was actually bullshit. good like not I wouldn't say it was like a great movie or anything but it was very entertaining. Then the right. Transformers got real shitty. Fair enough. Well, they're gonna if they would just they 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 have some high quality uh like you know the. The the Power Ranger toys that you buy in the in like Toys R Us they suck, but then they have like those special figures that they make, like the Japanese make, like they're special like uh, die cast figures. They make the Me- Megazord from like the old school Power Rangers, yeah, and it looks awesome. They should just make it look like that, you know. It never make- worked in the show because it was a guy in a suit with these these weird. Uh, Blocky things on. He's wearing boxes. <laughs> yeah, he's wearing cardboard boxes. The robot though is the same from the show. The little uh, what's that little robot? I forgot that robot's name. That robot actually looks. They made him look better than they did in the, in the TV show. He looked like shit. <laughs> <laughs> he was wearing a flying saucer on his head. Like I want to. I'll send you guys the link. He should look like this. Brian Kranz. Also, I'll say this. Brian Kranz taking the role as uh, what's his name? Uh, Zordon. Zordon is. Doesn't that look Wait, so much th- cooler? This is a Power Rangers Zord here? Yeah. Wow. Doesn't that look awesome? That's pretty badass. See I, that? I would fucking love it if it looks something like that. It looks nothing like that. The, the legs are the saber tooth and the mastodon. 
See, it's okay that they're different colors. It's identifiable. Yeah, absolutely. Like, I don't, that's why I hate the fucking Transformers. You, you know what? I wonder if what they're going to do in this, I don't think they will, but it'd be kind of funny if they did it. The, the Power Rangers always used to have like a little chant where they'd say it in syn- in synchronization, like Power Rangers go. Go, go, Power and, Rangers. And they, and they like all like do the same hand motions inside the, 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 the Megazord. Yeah. So like, it'd be like Power Rangers unite tech. And they yeah. like hit their fists all yeah. at the same time. I don't think they'll do that, but that'd be kind of a nice callback. I wonder if did. somebody would like make a joke about that. Cause they, they would like all like do the same movement in synchronization and talk at the same time. When, whenever yeah, they were like, like getting together, that's fucking, that's a live action Japanese animation. That's what they got. The, they, 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 that's what they got. The, the drift from in Pacific Rim. They were all like it, as oh, one. Yeah. Yeah. The drift did steal that. Yeah. Pacific Rim, they were yeah, that was stealing from uh, Power Rangers. They're all stealing from Voltron. It wasn't really like communicated in the Power Rangers. You just they they just did it, right? And and then they found a they scienced it up in it a little bit. Listen, it's all stolen from Voltron. Voltron did it first. Yeah, as far as I'm concerned, they did it. Voltron did. Voltron was the first successful combiner robot. Yes, Voltron's awesome. Okay, a little bit little bit of Star Wars news, everybody. We have a title of our next uh, Star Wars episode eight. It's called the Lost Judy. Oh, shit. No, that's, that's not what it's called. <laughs> the Last Jedi. Uh, Star Wars Episode that? Eight: The Last Jedi. There's a red logo. Uh, I, I don't know. It's kind of underwhelming and just a little bit uh, too. I don't know. It does. It's interesting that it's starting to form a sentence with the last movie. The Force Awakens, The Last Jedi. From his nap. Oh, that's what Daniel Nosker posted. The graphic. I'm sure you've seen that already. Uh, now, I, I don't know. Shouldn't this be the the last? The episode nine be the title of this? Well, it's episode a little, nine is the title, but this is the subtitle. No, no. This is eight. Like the last, oh. the next movie should be the last Jedi. Maybe they're throwing you off. Rex, what do you think about the last Jedi? Well, I think at this point in time in the movie. Skywalker is the last Jedi, and then Rey becomes the next Jedi, or whatever. It has been noted that Jedi is also the plural of the form. So it could be talking about the both of them. They are the last yeah. Jedi. Uh, and so, you know. Your boy Kevin Halden from 365 Flicks got real upset about this. He didn't like Jedi. this? No, he didn't like the last Jedi title. I can't imagine. Actually, I, I listened to the last show. He talked about it a little bit. But uh, it's, uh, I, eh, I don't know. It. It means nothing. It means, it means nothing. So, you know, like you had Obi-Wan was the last Jedi, then Yoda was the last Jedi, and tells Luke, you're the last. Uh, is Ray? could it be Ray? Is it both of yeah, them? Yeah, the next one is going to be Star Wars Pussy Power. Pussy Power. Oh, oh shit. <laughs> yeah. So the red is also interesting in the, in the sense that the other red logos were Revenge of the Sith, Episode 3, Return of the Jedi, Episode 6, and now... This one. I don't know if there's any kind of the, link the to the connotation I got from it being the last Jedi and the red font yeah. is that Somebody's gonna die. shit's going to be really bad. That's, that's kind of what I felt. Uh, right. The red logo always means fucked up things are going to happen. Yeah. Something that's going to be real fucked up. It'll probably, it might end with like something bad happen, some bad cliffhanger or something. So like that. Revenge of the Sith ends with, you know, uh, Vader becoming Vader. We see it, you know, he gets burned. Uh, Return of the Jedi ends with Vader dying and uh, the whole they beat the Empire and and it's a victory. I don't know. I don't know what this means. But there's your title. The Lost Judy. 
Maybe Luke yes. dies. But I, I think, I mean, but then, dies. but then every movie, it's like they're just killing off one person from the old cast, like first time solo. And then Leia's got to die. Then, yeah. Way. And then what do you do with Leia? Like she's already done her part. Maybe now you have to kill. I don't know. They've got, I think the, then the next movie will be from his nap. <laughs> uh, last bit of movie news, you guys remember the Terminator? Yeah, great. Yeah. Uh, he might be back after, after, what was the last movie we reviewed? Terminator Gen- Genesis. Genesis. Genesis, yeah. Uh, it seemed like we thought that was going to kill the franchise. I mean, I think a lot of people will agree. That was a, that Terminator movie was a franchise-killing Terminator movie. Where can we go with the Terminator that would be interesting? Well, here's where they're kind of going is uh, Cameron... Has the rights to the Terminator until 2019, and is reportedly working with Deadpool director Tim Miller. Oh shit! On a brand new film, it, it, this would be a reboot and conclusion of one of the cinema's greatest science fiction tales. So, instead of keep stringing people on and resetting the timeline, I, I would be, I would love to see Cameron and Tim Miller just give us one last badass Terminator movie where he doesn't make it out. It isn't reset. And maybe it just ends, it's fucking Judgment Day and everybody dies. Even though we almost kind of saw that. Yeah. Uh, the Terminator film I wanted to see, which I thought was going to be Salvation, was is the film that shows, uh, what's his face? Who's the fucking savior? John Connor. Actually become John Connor. Right. Actually become Jesus, basically. And save, become this, lead the humans against the, the Terminators. Yes. Against, uh, Skynet. That's the film I wanted to see in Salvation and didn't get. That didn't really happen, did it? No, it didn't happen. <laughs> but that's the film I would want to see. I don't yeah, know if I that'll mean, ever you, happen. They never really showed what happened after Judgment Day and how they survived right. and what was the whole... There was a little bit of that in Salvation, but it wasn't uh, very good. And then they threw that that uh, that other character that cyborg. was like a human, but it was really a, a, a cyborg. And that kind of fucked shit up. Yeah, that took away the focus from what I think I wanted to see, which is... Us seeing the humans, how do they fucking survive? How do they how do they get after this? How do they how do they make it so that Skynet got so fucking desperate that they sent a Terminator back in time? Mm, yeah, that you know, uh, that's the film I want to see. That story really hasn't been told properly. But I don't know if there's that many people that want to see that. No, I, I, don't, I don't know. What I don't know what if people really want to see Terminator anymore after that after Genesis. Maybe you do like a crazy multiple timeline I, I, thing. I think the best way to do it is. They actually win the war against Skynet. Yeah. They destroy everything. Yeah. But right before the end, one Terminator gets sent back. Just a regular Terminator. And, uh, like, nobody knows about it. Nobody knows what to do. And basically, only the viewer knows that if this thing doesn't get destroyed and, like, mangled in a million pieces, that it's going to start all over again. And that's it. It's just you have a whole new crop of people that have to deal with this. I mean, you can take a lot from the comic book series. There's some great stories they've done about other other characters in in this universe. Uh, you know what I think is I think the Terminator franchise is is actually dead. I actually it think might be because I think there there's a lot of fans of Terminator for sure, but I think general public Terminator fans are more a fan of Arnold Schwarzenegger in the role. Yeah, and Arnold's not. He's not Arnold anymore. He's no. not the guy yeah. to do that anymore. I he's think hosting that, well, Celebrity Apprentice. Well, yeah, and, and he's, <laughs> I mean, he's just not physically that guy anymore. So that, it's just. And that, you saw that in Genesis. It was, you know, it was nice was to there, see him, yeah, but, but it, I was like, like man, he's not the guy. that's an old-ass yeah. Terminator right yeah. there. I Everyone know. knows he's an old man. Yeah. You know? 
How do you breathe life into maybe uh, into this again? Or you just, you let it die. I mean, James Cameron, first of all, he's going to be directing avatar movies for the rest of his to life. To do for it the, right. For you'd have, you'd have to have a huge budget to, to do the movie I'm talking about. You'd have to have a huge budget and you'd have to have a great cast. And I don't think there's people that's going to cost a ton of money. I don't think nobody's putting money into this. No. And I don't think people are going to see yeah, it. I mean, it it's already been done yeah. like, and it's been done the best it's going to be How done. How about so. this with Tim Miller? You do like a low budget, smaller scale. Terminator inside Terminator Universe world kind of movie. Instead what of making movie? it huge, Are I, you gonna I, do the first I, Terminator I again. No, that's the that's the small budget. Is the first ah, you kind of have to do the first Terminator again. That's mm. where you the small budget is sending the Terminator to our time, like Rugboy said. Yeah, so and then having yeah. just one Terminator. No, but his small budget can not because of uh, Blur Studios. He could do a lot of work and visual effects with a small budget. If you think of like Deadpool, seventy eight million, the amount of. Uh, it, it was small, but there was big set pieces. Looks, I don't know. I don't, I don't know. know. You you gotta have the thing that also sucks is that you have to have like the coolest part was that physical Terminator. Yeah, like with the skeleton. And then when they when you CGI that, it sucks. The yeah. ac- the, the coolest thing in the first Terminator is watching that a- an actual fucking Terminator walk up the stairs and yeah. chase someone. Yeah, the cool. fucking robot parts. Yeah. I'm surprised. I'm surprised that he he's. I just think he's trying to hang on to the rights. Uh, yeah, because then it's gonna be up for grabs. Uh, but he'll be back. Uh, let's move on to some TV uh, news. Uh, we have Iron Fist is coming out on Netflix later this year. We have episode titles. Is that a little spoilery? Spoiler alert. You think to read out episode titles, you kind of get a feeling of the tone Don't read them all out. of the series. I'll put a link in the show notes. But there are fun names like Rolling Thunder Cannon Punch. Uh, Im- Immortal emerges from cave. Remember, I like eight diagram dragon palm. Eight diagram dragon palm. Some of these are like moves. Remember, Bellotti was telling us he he stumbled onto the cave set at an Iron Fist. Oh, that oh, that was one of the shows you were in, in the Philippines. I uh, think. Yeah, I was gonna say I don't remember. He this. said that he was walking around because he gets to go behind the stage because he works on the you know the blacklist. He's a scenic painter. Oh yeah, I do remember. I listened to it. He stumbled across a cave thing, and he's like, oh, I took some pictures. So Immortal emerges from cave. Uh, this right. reminds me of like, like when you translate like Mandarin or Cantonese. Yeah, like it doesn't make sense. Yeah, yeah. Because the, there's just no. It way almost to sounds like random tra- words. Yeah, there's no together. way to correctly translate. It. <laughs> it's all in haiku. Yeah. Rugs, what do you think? Uh, do these titles tell you anything about uh, I mean, a feeling of the, they, the the show? They get me interested, but I I don't normally read the episode titles. I just don't do that. That's either. like something that. I don't do. See, I kind of do that. You're just, big on the fucking. I like to titles. keep in mind, like how you know if they're clever, if it's part of the uh, story. Out of all the TV shows I've watched, I don't remember one episode. I don't like anything that gives me any inkling what's going to happen to the show. Ah, I don't read it. You're completely spoiler free. The last one's called yeah. Dragon Please with Fire. Because like I always figure shows out already when I'm watching them like too fast, and I and I ruin it for myself. So any other thing that I'm going to do that's going to fucking jeopardize that shit, I don't do it. I shut it down immediately. All right. Well, I'll try not to spoil fucking things for you, Rugs. Look, here, I found another story that got me a little more excited, much in the way I was excited for Luke Cage when I found out all the titles are going to be named after Gangstar songs and it was going to have this great hip hop soundtrack, which it does. Most of the directors were on the list of titles. They were not all revealed. Well, the sixth episode which is titled Immortal Emerges from Cave, didn't have a director listed. But now, thanks to show star Finn Jones, we know that it's going to be the RZA. Oh, shit. Fucking Wu-Tang. This is another thing that you get really excited about that I don't give a fuck about. Yeah. But but, (laughs) but it does, uh, like, 
it makes a difference sometimes. Like this is a, I know it makes a difference, but I'm watching the show as a whole. <laughs> I'm watching the show as a whole. So like individual episode yeah. titles and directors, it doesn't fucking matter to me. It's as long as the story from beginning to end is cohesive. I don't care who the fuck's director. Yeah, but you pick Next. you pick the wrong directors and everything fucking falls apart. Yes, I understand that it's important. I just don't care. All right, <laughs> so this is how like uh, you get real worked up about Kevin Smith directing Flash episodes, and I could give. A I'm fuck. over that. He's been doing Supergirl, and now he's gonna get to direct all those. So <laughs> fucking one episode of all those shows. But really, those are weird because. It's so vanilla the way that's directed. Like Kevin Smith did the Supergirl that just came back this week. It was just like a Supergirl episode. Like it really. You, I mean, you, like it's like we get worked up about his these. Daughter was in it. That's the only. Thing oh, that that's right. We get worked up about these names directing episodes, but there's a lot of people that direct episodes that we never talk about that are fucking awesome. So what's the point? Fuck those people. I like <laughs> it when hip hop and comic books oh combine. So here's uh, RZA is a big. Riz is a, is, and Finn Jones, this is what he said. He goes, so before I started the role, I actually made a playlist on my iPod of songs that Danny Rand would listen to. Uh, it's a lot of kind of 90s hip hop, like De La Soul, Jurassic 5, A Tribe Called Quest, Wu-Tang Clan. Like that kind of music is really what Danny's jamming to. And we actually feature that in the series. And actually one of our episodes was directed by the RZA himself. So I just love the ties that they're kind of continuing this from Luke Cage, hip hop and Marvel. I'll, I'll say this. I like that Finn Jones kind of gets that Danny Rand would listen to that stuff because that's what I picture Danny Rand listening He'd to. He'd be well. like this white and Tyler guy, the white guy uh, listening fucking to rocking out the hip-hop. 90s hip-hop right? kind of funny. But uh, RZA has been doing a lot of work. I, I, we mentioned, I don't know if you've ever seen Ghost Dog, The Way of the Samurai, this movie from 1999. It's a little independent film with Forrest Whitaker. He, uh, that one's awesome. Uh, he's in that movie and he's done a lot of scores. Uh, and now he's just the RZA is gonna be like this great fucking uh movie mogul dude. Eventually, he's directing, he's scoring music. I don't know. I want to go that far. Yeah, you're really like <laughs> pumping. Him, yeah, right? you're really pumping RZA, and he's been around Wu-Tang, for a long time. Look, Wu Tang ain't nothing to fuck with. That's all I'm saying. I, you're, you're, he's living off the Wu Tang thing. There's he really nothing, is. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> 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 the nostalgia goes. goes yeah, you're, been, you're, the 90s you're, guys? your nostalgia for him is pumping him up so much, like he's actually relevant right now. I just look. You know, I love old school hip hop. <laughs> uh, whatever. To, he's not. I will, to I will keep old school hip hop alive. I would bet you any amount of money he's not going to be this amazing mogul. That is going to revive his career through film and TV. He may surprise you. Oh, no, shit. because he's had he's had chances since you you brought up stuff since 1999. Like, yeah. No one talks about. That's true. That yeah. no one talks. Yeah, about. He's getting old. Hey. No one's talking about these things you brought up. Rizza, the Jizza, the man with the iron, the dragon with the iron fists. Yeah, shit. Yeah, it was. Yeah. <laughs> so moving on. I, some, want, I, I like uh, shitting yes, on your. Moving on, here. please. Moving on. Uh, so the uh, Fox's FX's Legion is starting soon, which is the first X Men TV show. It's which is very not connected to the X Men universe. We have some sh- developments on the, the other X Men TV show that is going to be connected to the Fox universe. It has gotten a series pilot for production. Uh, this is the show that's going to focus on two ordinary parents who discover their children possess mutant powers, forced to go on the run from a hostile government. The family joins up with an underground network of mutants and must fight to survive. Produced by 20th Century Fox and Marvel Television. 20th Century Fox handling production. They've said this show will have actual X-Men in it. Geek Boner. Not only that, Brian Singer is producing and he's also directing the pilot. So as they've kind of moved on from the Brian Singer in the movie universe for Fox, 
He's going to be working on the TV Marvel X-Men Fox slash Marvel Universe, which could get a little bit confusing. I think this is a mistake. Why do you think this is a mistake? Have you, did you watch Apocalypse? He looked fucking tired and out of yeah, ideas. I don't know. I mean, I like uh, I like the the synopsis of this. The, guy, the guy's done with yeah. X-Men. He's done. He, he never understood X-Men. He only likes Wolverine. Yeah, how are you going to do this without Wolverine? What are you doing? Like, get him out. Days of Future Past is when he should have left. Rex, what do you think? Do you think this is a good idea for Singer to helm this? I like that they're they're just coming out and saying, look, we're going to do an X-Men TV series. They've also said it's going to have Sentinels. There will be X-Men. It takes place in this X-Men Fox universe. I think that the problem with X-Men is it's already branded to be a certain way. So having Singer involved is not necessarily a bad thing. But it's not going to be anything that's going to be reinvigorating the franchise. It's not going to bring a new light to it. So if it's, if people are going to watch it because they like the X-Men movies and they want to see more X-Men type shit, it's good. But if you're hoping to see something new, it's bad. So take that with whatever you want to make out of it. There you go. Very good. Got showrunner Matt Nix who worked on Burn Notice. Uh, I don't know when this is coming out. But I thought it was interesting. Singer. I thought Singer was done. And maybe you're right. The well is dry. However, maybe it'll work better. I on, think the well is dry for singers. On a I think, serialized I think you, basis. I think if you had someone else in my the well, there's still stuff to do with the X Men. It's just his. Listen, his well we have dry. not had a comic book X Men yet. Yeah, you're right. I like the serious X Men. That's but a good point. I do like the serious take. I think the singer was smart in what he did, but um, at the time. But now, when you ha- when you have uh, the Flash and you have the CW having like four shows with these wacky ass characters and people actually watching this shit. Not a lot of people, but people. It's just sad. There's hundreds of awesome X-Men, and uh, they're not being used. Like, somebody used them properly. This could be a good place to use these kind of lesser-known but cult-following you know, characters that have I fans. Think, I think on network TV, the profit motive is too high, and they the ratings and all that shit, they can't do the stuff that you want to do. Yeah. Uh, unless you're, like, unless you're doing it small, like the CW, and they're, and, you know, they, they're, uh... They're doing it right enough that they can survive. Like CW, they'll take scraps. Like Fox won't. <laughs> well, they're putting. You know what I'm Fo- but the you Fox is running that's Gotham. That's a big difference. Fox is okay like, with fucking Gotham, though. Like you know, CBS couldn't get wait to get rid of Supergirl. Yeah. And the CW is like, yeah, one man's garbage is we'll our gold. It. No, we'll take it. It fits in perfectly here. What? What? Yeah. When you said they're doing Sentinels, I'm like, uh, I don't know about that. Right. On TV. I don't know how you can yeah, do that on TV man. without it looking weird. I mean, the concept of this is, is it's kind of a small scale. It's just the family on the run, people chasing him. You can kind of like a, a, you know, the incredible Hulk Bruce Banner TV show. He was always moving from town to town and different characters came in and out. Imagine that incredible Hulk with X-Men. Let's move on. Okay. Last (laughs) bit of news regards graphic novels and their status on the New York Times bestseller list. They, uh, this started in 2009. The New York Times added graphic novel bestseller list, and it was a great way for serious literature that just happened to be a graphic media, you know, get noted. Well, uh, they're ixnaying the New York Times graphic books bestseller list. And why? Oh, shit. Lame. Uh, because when asked for comment on why specific lists, including those related to comics and manga, were removed, the Times said that the discontinued list did not reach or resonate with many readers. This change allows us to expand our coverage of these books in ways that we think 
will better serve readers and attract new audiences to the genre. So they're not not going to mention them. They're just getting rid of this one list. The books will be included on other their other main you lists. Know, you know why they got rid of it? Because no one gave a fuck. No one, no one, no uh, one actually gave a fuck and looked at. It. No one gives a fuck about comics or mangas. <laughs> you know what? It's, it's it, all about clicks and what what they can put on. What you know? What's gonna? They don't. No one. The, 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 there's smart people at the New York Times that run numbers on this shit. No one's buying the no, shit. They realize that no one gives a fuck. The irony being, a recent book that was on the New York Times bestseller list, and it's a great book. It's called March. It's three volumes. It's about the civil rights movement, written. In, with Representative John Lewis, who Orange Man was fucking bagging and didn't know who John Lewis was. This book is, uh, its uh, I've heard reviews that it's really good. It's been on the New York Times bestseller list uh, for weeks now. Uh, so it's just now, and now it's going to be considered like a children's book. But it was it's a very important um, graphic novel. And, and it's just been in the news recently. And then they go and they cut this... Uh, it hasn't been around for long. Like I said, it did only start in 2009. But yeah, I guess it's got to be sales. It sucks. It's just what it's just the numbers of the number of letters and words on a page or on a website are valuable, and no one's so at all they're shit. doing is restructuring. They're discontinuing ten lists, and then the comics are still going to be counted on these. Everyone main, says they're main restructuring. Lists. They're getting the fuck rid of it. They're just like, we're, <laughs> you know what? Nobody cares. We're not going to do it. Yeah. Uh, so uh, I just thought that was interesting. I do want to read March. It's supposed to be good. All right. Well, that's it for the news, people. The Jock and Nerd Podcast. Listen, listener, I want to shout out our little fan club we got on Patreon because for a low monthly pledge, you'll be helping us out and you get access to really cool bonus audio. Uh, just visit jockandnerd.com slash Patreon. Anthony, this show is free. How much would you pay for this show? Nothing. Okay, that's why you're not on the Patreon. <laughs> but look, if you like what you hear and you want bonus stuff that's uh, exclusive, check out our fan club. You get a little RSS link. You get a private feed. Uh, and you get a little bonus audio throughout the week. Uh, Rugboy's on it. Rugs, uh, what? Yeah. yeah. Sell our, I uh, get confused when I see like Patreon people. And there's like sh- people, shitloads of people have, are following these Patreon accounts. And they're, they're donating. And then we're doing this shit. And, uh, you know, we should get more people. And thanks to everyone who is supporting us uh, on Patreon. Yeah. We appreciate it. Come on. We got good stuff on there. We got lots of good stuff. Bonus episodes, initial reactions, post shows. Uh, com slash Patreon. Here's another fun clip for everybody. Hey, everybody. This is Bill. And this is Jamie from the Mr. Throwback Thursday podcast. And we want to extend a very happy congratulations to our friends Imran and Anthony over at the Jock and Nerd podcast on making 150 shows. We just hit that number ourselves, and uh, we wanted to say good job, guys. Thanks for keeping us entertained. You are our favorite podcast that features a puppet. (laughs) And I got a question about a damn puppet. Why you got a puppet on the show when you're not a video podcast? (laughs) (laughs) These questions and more to be answered on the next Jock and Nerd podcast. By the way, guys, you can be both a jock and a nerd because that's both of us over here. But yes, yes, all seriousness, congratulations. Keep up the great work, and we will see you as part of the hashtag Pottern family. And always remember, guys, no matter what you do, keep it classic and... New school stale, old school fresh. Jock and nerd! Represent. Old school represent. Uh, so that's a good question about the puppet, and it's an audio well, I can answer that. Okay, hit us. Okay. You know, like... 
Bruce Wayne is just a man, but Batman is a symbol. Yes. And that's what I think about Rugboy. Rugboy is not a dude. He's a symbol for everyone's, uh, you know, like little uh, bug up their ass that they want to express themselves. Every right? boy, ha- everybody has a little rug boy inside right. them. You know, you got a little rug boy inside you. Just your inner asshole. Reach just in, let it out. Reach in, grab that, grab him by the slack hole, people. Oh shit! Oh, also, though, I've made a, a playlist on our YouTube page, jockandnerd.com slash YouTube. It says Jock and Nerd video shows. It's all of our blab shows where you can actually see Rug Boy. On the screen, live in person, but you don't need to see him because you have him inside you. Uh, dude, I've been telling you since we stopped doing the blabs. And it's <laughs> fucking weird that you keep referring to him as a faulty American. Because he's, he he saw him as a puppet. He's got to be a puppet now. I don't. Yeah, that's just that's just the way it is. Mister TBT guys, it's weird. And it's, it's just Imran's little fucking. Yeah, thing it makes that no he, sense that he thinks is funny. He's a felty American. All right, look, I wanted to talk about some of these video essays you threw up on our Facebook group. Yeah, I did. At slash community. Uh, why don't you intro uh, these essays here, Anthony? Um, so the DC Films Character Problem essay was something that was linked to me by my friend Chris Satello. We've had him on the show. We've had him on the show. It's by Patrick H. Wilhelms. Willems? Willems. Willems. He's the same guy that did the... Uh, essay, the video essay on why Marvel movies look bad, the color grading one. It was very good. I think we talked about that on the show. So threw this one up on the community just because I thought it was interesting, and I think we all watched it, right? Listener, uh, link in the show notes. uh, Take a watch. It's about 10 minutes long. 10 minutes, yeah. And really well done, really well produced. Holy shit, dude. First of all, this guy nails it. Yeah, I was just going to say nails exactly why these movies are bad. He nails the the problem, which is what we were talking about earlier, is there's little to no character growth. DC, your characters suck, and stories are driven by characters. There's a reason why everybody just wants to see the MCU heroes hang out in a room together and not even do any superhero shit. It's because they're fucking awesome characters that we've grown to learn. I love. Learn to love. Learn and love. Learned a lot. Well, the, the biggest thing he pointed out is that these characters in DC films for the most part, don't change. So they, they start the film as one guy and they end the film as the same guy and you don't know why they're doing what they do. Exactly. What their character growth is in any of their motivations. So what's the point? When he broke down Man of Steel about like, hey, here's Clark saving people. You don't know why. Harry is later in the movie still saving people. You don't know why. I'm like, you know what? This is the worst Superman ever. And then, and then they complicate the issue by having any kind of exposition that's going through uh Superman's dad. Yeah. Meanwhile, yeah. Contradicting (laughs) the whole idea of him doing good in the first place. Like really, why is he saving people? This Henry Cavill Superman. Not only that, but then they throw in the part where he starts out saving people, but he's kind of a prick. Yeah. That one guy that offends him in the, in the shop. Yeah. He fucks up his car. Yeah. Then at the end, he's still saving people. Still a prick. Yep. Decides to destroy a drone because it was bothering him. A military drone. Just uh, why? Just no reason. Like, I don't like this thing. Right. And then like, you go to like Batman V Superman. And I'm not going to, like, do every character, but Batman starts out hating Superman. Yeah. But we as the audience know that Superman's not the villain. But yet, right. the entire film, Batman hates Superman. So we're on this journey where Who are you we're, we're to following this guy that hates the hero that, as the audience knows, is the hero. But this so is supposed to be the yeah. hero. And in terms of his character, minimal growth, he's angry in the beginning, and then he's a little bit angrier, and then he's buddies. And none of it makes sense. And you don't know Superman why. Superman is the same guy throughout that film. Superman is exactly the same saves person. Saves people, doesn't really like, like save people. In Civil War, 
even though that the plot was really like not the greatest, the fact that um, Tony Stark had a clear reason why he was doing what he was doing and that Captain America was doing what he was doing and it revolved around personal relationships and trying to protect a friend and, and other things like that. There, it, it was, even though the plot wasn't great, the characters made you go along for the ride. Here, like, everything's not working for these films <laughs> and the characters being weak is actually way more damaging than the plot being weak. Yep. That's that's the the lesson is yeah the plot can be kind of shitty but if you give a fuck about the characters the movie is going to be successful if the plot is kind of there but the characters suck even with the best you characters fuck. you got you got nothing uh, I'll yeah. point out like, Civil War like you look at like Tony Stark's character he starts out anti he wants to he wants to uh, get under the the UN or whatever it's the super the Sokovia Accords but there's a seminal moment where he realizes. When Captain America is about to go into Russia and fight these super soldiers that are, ended up being killed, Iron Man grows and he's like, you know what? Fuck the Accords. Yeah. I'm going to help my friend. Yeah. So he's still like growing throughout the movie. And then at the end, he hates Cap. Yep. He's evolved throughout that entire film and he's involved throughout the entire MCU. He's whereas, evolved since his first appearance in Iron Man, you know? Whereas Superman makes a sacrifice and we're like, I. They still don't understand well, why he's super. Willems brings up the point where the DC movies just expect us to know these characters and they're, they're not bothering to set, to build any kind the, of the character. The biggest one he pointed out was the Deadshot one where I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> yes, it's a good point. Deadshot, like, he is his daughter. So he's a hired assassin. Right. His daughter doesn't want him doing anything. And it his anymore. daughter doesn't want him to kill bad people or he, kill people. His anymore. daughter wants him to be a hero. Yes. So in the, the moment where he has the chance to decide if he's going to be a hero or not, he's going to shoot the enchantress and he an has image, to kill someone. Right. His, his daughter pops up into his head and telling him not saying? to do it. She's saying no. And then he looks up. He's like, ah, like, what the fuck is and this? He does it anyway. He also made a good point about why I enjoyed suicide squad more than uh, Batman versus Superman is because these characters have tiny, tiny little bit more personality than any of the characters in BVS, you know? And yeah, they talk about why they're doing things. Yes. So there's a little bit of growth, even though the movie's a fucking mess. And I did like that. He pointed out that Harley Quinn's character by the end should have realized that her family's not the Joker. It's the family she she developed. She's very, she's one note. She's very one note. She loves, she still loves the Joker. She just wants the abuse. I love the abuse, which they cut out of the movie and it's not in there. Uh, so very good essay, Patrick H. Willems. I highly recommend you guys checking it out. Now, a great counter to that problem is this next essay that, that you posted because DC Warner Brothers didn't always used to have this problem. No. They have given us probably one of the greatest villains on film, superhero villains of all time, that being the Joker, Heath Ledger from The Dark Knight. So, Anthony, you posted this other video from this uh, Lessons from the Screenplay uh, titled The Dark Knight Creating the Ultimate Antagonist. Yeah, I found that. It was one of the next videos YouTube suggested. It's not by the same guy. I forget who it's by. but uh, Lessons from the Screenplay is the name of the you YouTube channel. Um, and it's a great it's a great follow-up to this video in terms of why character matters. And, and they're talking about Heath Ledger's Joker and the reason why he was such an iconic villain and so great is that he literally played to the weaknesses of Batman throughout the entire film and made Batman grow and made Batman change yes. throughout the entire film. For their, I mean, for they, the better. Yes. He, he, they both grew and learned off each other. And the, the dichotomy of having Batman be the representation of law and order and Joker chaos, like, you don't see that. That's the problem with the Marvel films is you don't see – there's no villain that's making each character grow. That's the opposite of each character. 
See, the thing is that the Marvel movies have an issue. And the issue is, is that they don't have these great bad guys that are the reflections of the heroes. And, and you know, they kill off all their bad guys, unfortunately. But um, this Joker in The Dark Knight is great because they're both fighting for the soul of Gotham. Yes, I love According that to this video. Yeah. And um, uh, Batman's trying to save it. And the Joker's trying to destroy the soul. And, and he, he believes that Gotham is corrupt and it's just one little thread away from just being you know, entropy. And uh, Batman still thinks that order can can prevail. So and um, he basically puts Batman in situations where he can't use his brute strength and all the cool Batman stuff. And they're all hard decisions, hard choices. So uh, that's what makes him a good bad guy. And it wasn't a world ending scenario. It literally it came down to those two groups of people on the boats and and also Harvey Dent and uh, the girl. Yeah, Uh, personal things. Yes. Uh, but we can relate to, and it, it's also there's a point in that film that he brings up, which I, which I forgot about, where Batman almost breaks in that film. Yeah, he's literally about to reveal himself as the Batman. That's right. He's crime. like, this is the only, and this kind of what Joker wants. Right. This is the only way I can win or, or suppress this is I got to tell people. And a uh, great twist right. where Harvey Dent just comes out and does it beforehand, right. and by the end, minimizing that. By the end, Batman realizes that. He can be more than just, he can be the symbol. He doesn't have to necessarily be the good guy. He I mean, can be like whatever me. it takes. Yeah, he can be like Rug. He's like Rug Boy. He's a symbol. He's got a, a hand up a slack hole also. Uh, what would be Rug Boy's <laughs> symbol? Would it just be like a hand up someone's ass? Be, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it would be like a Robin R, but there's like a palm coming off of the, like, like going into the R. Blasting the bat signal. You're just blasting a hand into an asshole? It's a, yeah. It's a, it's a drawing. <laughs> like a of, little asshole. It's a drawing of someone getting fisted. Oh, That's shit. Rug Boy's uh, avatar. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we need rug boy here. Felty, somebody get the felty fist. Well, to be fair, the felty fist of back. justice. It's my back and not my asshole. Oh, that's my right. My asshole doesn't have a hole in it. Oh, okay, they're point. fair enough. Slack it's hole. Just my back. All right, but. we still need the felty listen, fist of justice. That's the only thing we can really equate it to, though. <laughs> God, you forget how awesome that fucking Dark Knight movie is. It's granted, it's David S. Goyer writing on this fucking thing, but uh, just a perfect movie, really, from start Very to finish. Good. There, I mean. The only issues I had with Dark Knight was just that it's, it's um, action scenes weren't the best, and Harvey Dent's change is a little almost too quick, but by far one of the best movies. So how do you go from that great characterization to this horse shit now, where they don't even care anymore? It's all Zack Snyder because they're ba- they're like the essay said they're banking on popularity. They're not bank they're banking on names yep. in these roles. Like Will, they're like fuck it. Will Smith is Deadshot. Yeah. That's what's going to make people watch this movie. Yeah. And they're banking on it's Batman and it's Superman. That's all they're banking on. They're not. They don't. They're not investing Boo. in these characters. No, they're not. Or they don't. They they don't have the foresight to think about what makes a great movie is character development and growth and change. It, they're just banking on action and well, what awesome. Names. What happened to change that is that the Marvel movies got popular. Like when when uh, they were making these these Nolan movies. You know, they weren't really anything you know, memorable. They weren't like we all we had was like Sam Raimi, Spider-Man and, and maybe Iron Man was out or something. Yeah. But when people saw this movie, this Dark Knight movie, they went crazy. And then when Marvel now up the ante to basically combat this um, and then the Nolan movies were done, like DC didn't know what the fuck to do. They are playing catch up. And so they made them do all these bad decisions. And but they keep doubling down on these bad decisions. They don't really realize, hey, we should scrap this whole idea and like kind of 
but they've sunk so much money into it already. Millions of dollars. They're gonna. They're trying to now, you know, put lipstick on the pig. Yeah, and this is why Wonder Woman is tricky because it kind of falls right on that line between them reacting and between them being able to course correct. Because Wonder Woman was done filming by the time BVS came out, right? And so, will do you think they'll learn that there'll actually be a character of Diana Prince that we're actually going to get to know? Because she didn't even talk to fucking Superman in the last movie. First of all, you really don't know anything about her. Will they give us a character we can we like, or is this going to be the same horse shit? We, we, is it we too need, late? We need to see, like the essay said, we need to see why does she leave the mascara? Yeah. Why is she helping humans? Yeah, it it can't be her being this awesome hero from the start and being like, I care for everybody. I think film, that we've I seen enough character. I think we've seen character in the preview. Yeah, it does yeah. look like this is there's, on the more right track. In the, there's more in that trailer than the entire Man of Steel movie. That's true. And this is, you know, this is going to be a flashback. It's going to start in the past. I'll point to even just one scene right two scenes right away where she's learning. Yeah. Where she where uh what's his face is washed up on the beach. Yeah. What's the fucking Trevor? Uh, Steve, Steve Trevor. Yeah. And she's like you're a man. Yeah. Like that stuff or like the part where she's learning about women's role in society. Yeah. I'm, like those yeah. things are already hinting that they might have a little bit more character. She she you know you see her reacting to a bullet something she's never seen before. I don't give a fuck about the bullet. I'm talking about real character. Yeah. <laughs> Not a bullet. I mean, but now she you know this is her growing and learning like these people are dangerous, but yeah, you're right. Already in the trailers we have seen moments of character. There's hope. Hopefully. Yeah. Well, boy, a lot riding on the Wonder Woman. Okay, there's one more essay I want to uh, shout out real quick. But before that, I got another clip. Hey, guys, it's Kevin, also known as Mr. Antihero. I just want to say congratulations on 150 episodes. You guys are a blast. Your show's awesome every week. Uh, I also want to take the chance to go on a record. Some of your, some of the listeners may remember me as the guy who came on to defend X-Men Apocalypse and... Rugboy was right. Uh, every time I watch that movie, I think it gets a little bit worse. But I, uh, I'm excited for Logan, and I'm excited to hear all the things you guys are doing in the future. Rugboy, you are you are wise beyond your years. And the only other thing I have to say is, Anthony, for God's sakes, listen to the Talking Heads. Keep up the great work, guys. I'll talk to you soon. Talking nerd. Oh, he's a Talking Heads fan. I still don't know what Talking Heads is. It's that, I felt like I was inside of him. I know he's got such a he's got such a deep timber. What's Talking he's like Heads? Like a hair Talking them the it's a band David Byrne. Oh, uh, never mind. Okay, cool. Anyways, Kevin had posted another essay on our Facebook group. He kept posting to the wrong page and finally figured out where to post it on the Facebook group. It was it's a Godzilla documentary. It's about I think it's about seven minutes called Godzilla: The Soul of Japan. Now, you Godzilla fans may have already seen this. It uh, just breaks down the historical context of the first movie, what Japan was going through and how it was a reaction to the movie. But what was cool in this is they showed what they changed from Gojira and then Godzilla King of the Monsters and how it completely sanitizes the movie, changes the tone. Like the clips they showed of Gojira, it was really dark. I was like, this is a dark fucking movie because at the time, you know, they were being censored by America and they were being, uh, there was nuclear testing uh, they had the bomb. They were just coming, recovering from the bombs dropping off them. Like ten years later, it's still in the national mind, and the U.S. is also fucking with them in terms of what they can and can't say in propaganda films. And so they make this movie, and then when they made it in America, they cut out all the parts where they criticize the U.S. and they put boring ass Raymond Burr in there. 
I I like this as a you know learning about Godzilla and 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 it, when it was made and what it was about. Yeah, I think a lot of people forget because you know Godzilla's been around for like a long ass time. There's like thirty plus movies, and uh, you know there's only a handful of them. Maybe like if you take the high sight era and a little bit further back, where they kind of treat Godzilla seriously. And the first you forget the first movie was this very dark political um, you know statement by Japan. And and the fact that there are two movies, there is an American version and a Japanese version, and there's one that was censored. I mean, it adds more mystery to it. And uh, I don't think the general populace knows about it. So it's good that somebody can kind of make a quick little um, thing you can watch in seven minutes and get the idea of like why there's so much more to Godzilla than just two monsters fighting each other and shit and, you know, people running in fear and stuff like that. Um, there's more to it. And uh, they did try and capture that with the new Shin Gojira. Yes. And they tried, they went back to that. And so um, it's a good time for this to be out since Shin Gojira is out. Maybe people forgot about the original and how alike they are. So it's a good point of reference for anyone who likes Godzilla or may want to learn about it for the first time Absolutely. and why it's such an important movie. Um, because it was. It, I mean, it started a, a 30 movie franchise. I mean, 30 plus, you know, movies. So, I mean, th- that James Bond is like right behind it. But other than that, you know, it's just dark as fuck. I mean, what's funny, the irony that Hollywood's been doing this forever. Hollywood took their movie, which was about the U.S. censoring Japan and censored their statement about censorship yeah, on top of it and sanitized it. Think about this. All right. Such a fuck you. I, I'm not I'm not making a light of what happened September 11th. Yeah. But that was 3,000 people in one building. Yeah. Now, imagine fucking nuclear bombs go off in, in you two live. whole cities, destroying and it, two cities. everything and, and, and poisons the public. And, and, and we did that shit. I mean, there are shots in that original Godzilla that are, you know, reminiscent of the survivors of Hiroshima holding on, just waiting for, you know, the end. And then uh, Hollywood takes this movie and just fucking whitewashes and sanitizes it. It's pretty funny. And this is the <laughs> one thing. I mean, imagine all the things they probably said that got censored. So this Godzilla movie was the one thing that kind of got out. Yeah. That yeah. Spread that around. Yeah. As as kind of like a conduit for us to like kind of know what it might be like a giant monster, re- you know, wreaking havoc and killing everybody. So, you know, and then um, the whole thing gets twisted. Godzilla is like the, on the the uh, uh, tourism thing for Japan, and he's fun, and he's Japan's savior and protector. When that was not the original concept of this fucking dark monster. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, like what you said, Ruggs, is right. The Shin Godzilla, Godzilla Resurgence. Uh, I see how it kind of uh, paid homage to that first movie. It has a lot of the same things about Japan. And listener, let's let's can the Shin Godzilla. One of these days, we will. We will this cursed review. I will just fill you in. Every time we've uh, scheduled this review, something major has happened to one of us. Oh shit! I shit you not. First, it was Bilotti that we had to reschedule. Then it was Rugs. Then we had to reschedule. Then it was me. So Anthony, we keep telling you, watch your back. Fucking sleep with one eye open because the next time we schedule this movie, it's your turn, motherfucker. (laughs) <laughs> something's gonna happen we've never been able to get this thing we'll do it uh i have a little, two bits of uh related news did you guys see this trailer for this anne hathaway movie called Col- it's only a minute long yeah. colossal it's a short trailer um it is a kind of a weird premise the premise is anne hathaway plays a woman 
who realizes she can occasionally spawn a real-life giant monster halfway across the world that acts as her avatar, mimicking her movements. Uh, this is directed by Nacho Vigalando, the filmmaker behind the brilliant Time Crimes, which is an awesome time-traveling Spanish. Excellent movie. Oh, it's so good. It's all in Spanish. It's about time travel. Jason Sudeikis, Tim Blake Nelson uh, are in this, and it's just this quirky quirky movie from uh neon it'll be it'll be a fun little spin you know so it's a kaiju movie and like she's watching the tv and he's making the same movement she is i was like what the fuck this is kind of uh silly but kind of fun yeah i mean it's kind of a jokey movie but uh i i find it curious that in all of the um previous posters and stuff that the godzilla it looked like godzilla and then, and now this monster, this monster does not like look. Alien. Yeah, it's like a giant. It does not look like Godzilla. Yeah, uh, it's coming out April seventh. We roll out to the theaters. Oh, you think they uh, they didn't let them use uh, the Godzilla? I just image? think it's funny that their posters had Godzilla on them. Well, they were clearly they, like they were trying to get that market. Speaking of Godzilla and the King Kong, uh, you know we got King of Kong coming this year. It's going to start this shared universe. They just cast uh, the girl from. Stranger Things, Millie Brown, and Godzilla King of Monsters. There's finally a name for this universe. Can anyone guess? It's very not very exciting. The Doucheyverse? It's called the Doucheyverse. Oh, shit. No, it's called the Monsterverse. Lame. I mean, I guess that's what it is, so whatever. Yeah. It is official, it is official it is. name. It is. It's called the Kaijuverse. It should be. Oh, Kaijuverse would be cool. But you think people would not know? I'll, I'll throw in this. There's been some clips coming out for King Kong's movie because that movie's coming out real quick. Yeah. On, on TV, like 20, 30 second trailer. Skull so Island. Looking pretty good. Yeah, dude. That, uh, yeah. that movie's going to be sick. Uh, very excited for that. I hope it's good. I hope so, too. I mean, it's got John Goodman. I don't know. Whatever. John C. Riley. It's got Sam Jackson. It's got a lot of people. Get this motherfucking Godzilla off this it's motherfucking got Loki island. And Captain Marvel oh, and Captain Marvel. Oh, that's right. It's got all these motherfuckers. So, King of Kong. All right. So, that's just a couple of essays we want to shout out. All that's left is a couple of our remaining clips and some feedback. I got a clip for you right here. Hey, guys. This is Kate from See Here's the Thing. I just want to congratulate you two on 150 episodes. We're only on episode 37, and I can't even imagine the work that you've put in to build your podcast to where it is today. Yours was the very first podcast that I guested on. And since then, uh, you guys have really inspired me and Patrick to grow our own podcast and to expand on what we already had. We've added sound effects. We've added gimmicks. And we've had about a four-week steady stream of guests on our show as well. And I, I attribute all of our success to you guys because you gave me a lot of ideas back in the summertime. So I have to set goals for myself. When I first appeared on your show... I had the goal of at least soliciting 10 oh shits on your show. So my 2017 goal is to inspire or induce a geek boner in somebody. Perhaps multiple geek boners. I'm not going to limit myself. So enjoy this time. Here's to 150 more. And I have to also add that now in my own podcast, whenever we are talking about comic books and really getting into it, we use the term we're comic booking so hard. And every time I think of you two, so enjoy this moment, enjoy this milestone, and we'll see you on the boards. Talking nerd. Aw, remember Kate? Everything's very, like, a lot nicer when it comes from a girl's mouth. She's so yeah. lovely. How lovely is that? Look, you get one of these. Geek she was on episode 122. 
Uh, and look, sounds like we ruined her show, too. Oh, shit. We're just inspiring people and ruining everyone's shows. <laughs> She's like, now I've added fart noises. Thanks to you guys. I don't know about this gimmick thing. I don't know. Why. We're not doing any gimmicks. What here. gimmick? What yeah. you talking about? What are you talking about? Yeah, right? There's no gimmick here. Yeah. What are you talking about? Uh, but, a gimmick. <laughs> I want to share some emails. Anthony, you want to read this since uh, my voice is annoying? Apparently. Jesus Christ, this is a long email. You want me to read the whole entire guy? Yes, thing? from Jimmy the Geek. Okay. He's got that's two emails. Holy fuck. All right. Don't scroll down. Sorry. While I, while I want you to read, read it, it while I'm scrolling up and down. Can you do that? <laughs> I, I can try. <laughs> hey, guys. Thanks for putting out another great show. Me and my newsroom buddies listen to episode 149 on Monday and your breakdown of RIPD. Personally, I've never seen the movie and probably never will. Thanks to that review. You're welcome. Just hearing you guys rip into it was more entertaining than the actual movie, I'm sure. So thanks to this episode, I went to went, went back to pull up some of the old What the Fuck Happened episodes since I'm newer to the show. Checked out both Spider-Man 3 and Batman Robin reviews. Holy shit, you guys had me rolling. I was at the gym listening to Batman and Robin episode and was crying. I was laughing so hard, some, so hard people probably thought I was some fucking weirdo. <laughs> when you guys brought up the Batman MasterCard line... Never leave the Bat Cave without it. I absolutely lost it. Plus all of all of the Arnold ice puns. Let me let's. What does that say? Let's, let's kick, kick let's some ice. ice. Let's kick some ice. And Batman, I think it's time for you to chill. <laughs> We're just icing on the cake. Oh, pun intended. Boo. And reminiscing about emo Spider Man with the greasy hair was also extremely entertaining. I pretty much just abandoned sports talk radio now to listen to your guys' show. <laughs> what? what the fuck? Oh, oh shit! What the fuck? That's me. And don't worry about the cussing. We probably fucking swear more than you guys do in the newsroom, so fucking swear away. Quick shout out to Anthony. That's me. I'm the same age as you, man, and I had the same reaction to Batman and Robin when my dad took me to see it in the third grade. I was all in, as you say. Shout out also to Imran and Rugboy, too. You guys are all awesome. Jimmy the Geek. What's up, newsroom? How's it hanging up there in Northern California? Yeah, whatever, nice. whatever newsroom that is in Northern California, we appreciate it. I get, the, he the said fucking he, support. He stopped listening to sports talk, and now we're filling his fucking time. That's yeah, great. That <laughs> sports talk is a lot of garbage. So he uh, also followed up with this extra shout out. Hey, Imran, just wanted to give a shout out to my buddy Jeff. He was part of our newsroom crew who listens to the show, but recently got a new job closer to home. He's still listening at his new office and was digging the RIPD review. We text now during the show to go over your guys' topics. Thanks, man. Can't wait for episode 150. Nerd. Sounds like fun. But yeah. look, we appreciate all uh, all the efforts, you guys, all the listening. Uh, one more email from Kate, who we just heard from, who is on our January one uh, uh, episode 122. Reading's hard, man. Reading is hard. You did a good job, though. Your uh, reading comprehension. And it's like little print in a way, like very far away from me. Good, good. I don't have it pulled up on this screen like an idiot. Never you could have just scrolled down. That's why we both have computers. Uh, Kate says, great episode, guys. This is thoughts from episode 148. Before the what the fuck happened. Got a chance to listen this morning as school was canceled due to wind. Go figure. If the rumors about Sterling K. Brown are true for Green Lantern, I'm completely behind that. He's been on my radar since uh, People vs. OJ, and I'm really looking forward to his appearance in Black Panther. I was thinking the same thing as Rugboy when he brought up Chris Pratt's name for Green Lantern. I'd throw out Miles Teller's name also, uh, but I have too many bad memories of the Fantastic Four remake. Miles Teller really needs to uh, make up for that movie somehow. Uh, fun fact about The Magicians. I started reading the book this summer and could not get past 100 pages. I was not a fan of the writing, the characters, or even the blatant misuse of curse words. And I like to curse. I'm a teacher. It felt very forced, like it was desperately trying to be Harry Potter slash Narnia slash Divergent slash Hunger Games at the same time. I'm wondering if the TV show was better. Uh, I think that this must be a case where the TV show is better than the book. This is me. Uh, because 
It is not that bad. It is a mush of all these things, but it sounds like the book is just way more, way worse. Uh, and then finally, she says, I'm also throwing this out there. You need a strong, delightful female for your eventual Wonder Woman review. Like Sterling K. Brown, I'm throwing my hat in the ring. Consider it done. I think well, you're booked. Kate, yeah. you're booked. We, I think that's perfect. We do need a woman on the Wonder Woman review. We need more women in general. And we, yes. and we love having guest reviewers when we review these movies. It's kind of a tradition we've been we've been doing. Uh, somebody always wants to jump on. I like women. <laughs> I like women. Yeah. So you got Talking that nerd. is absolutely rugby approved. It's all rugby approved. They're pretty. <laughs> <laughs> They're pretty. Okay, so I saved the best clip for last. Um, and I also saved it for last because it's the longest. Oh, okay. uh, how long? It's fu- it's fu- it's from our buddies in Northumberland. Uh, Kevin and Chris, three, six, five flicks. And uh, remember they asked for uh, a little suicide review for their show. We kind of hijacked their show with a couple minutes of audio. And they're just returning the favor here. Settle in. Here we go. Let's make America great again. What's up, dudes? Wow, was that your... Rugby impression. That was quite. I thought that, that was, was good. That was all right. Oh, that, was, that was okay. Thank you very much. So this this uh, sponsorship message is brought to you by Overlord Trump. Then Overlord Trump. Yep. Yeah. I feel that now when we do these messages for our American friends, we have to include some, you know, so, some Trump just to make sure we get in the country. Yes. Yeah. Yes. We can normal that. I mean, we we ain't getting in unless we support Trump. Let's face it. They ain't supporting them, so we have to support them. Okay, then. But that's not why we're, to- well, not no, why we're no, talking no, about no, no, We're no, talking that's... about jocking there to are yeah. celebrating their 150th One, episodes. 150 episodes. That's, that's, that's insane. How is Imran put up with Anthony's... Gang signs. Gang signs, his BVS love, gushing over Affleck in, in the Batfleck uniform. You just know, like, in between takes when they're recording, he's like, yeah. Imran, Imran. Emran, 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 tell me, do you bleed? Emran, 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 you will. You will. And Emran will just be sitting there going, that's webs, that's Spidey Web. That's what I do to you. So, dudes. 150 fucking episodes well done guys this is uh, this is Kevin Chris at 365 Flicks as you know because let, let's be honest Chris we were there on the ground floor oh hell yeah we, we are we, we were there at like I would say maybe episode 2 or 3 we kind of came in there and we started listening to them I mean before Delhauer got there with his gingerness before Malofsky before a place to hang your cape before all of those people who came in after us, obviously. We were on the ground floor. Trainsetters, motherfucker. Technically, we were there, not not on a show, but technically, we were there before Rugboy. Damn, I never thought of that. And by yeah. the way, it's well true. done, Rugboy as well, because that, that stuck. Didn't we? When I first heard it, I thought it was one of them pissing about. I did as well, I did. I mean, let, let's just for a moment, let's just reflect on 150 episodes of uh, Jock and Nerd. Like, the, the time they recorded a whole three-hour episode of, of an Age of Ultron uh, review show, and it didn't even record, so they had... No, wait, that, that was us. That was us. Yeah, that was us. <laughs> or the time they went to to a film and Comic-Con and got to speak to David Prowse, Darth Vader, him... No, sorry. That, that was wait, us. That was us again. Was yeah, um... <laughs> shit. What have they done again? <laughs> Tell you what they have done. What they have done. Well, what Imran did. What Imran Anthony did. Anthony was just going about going, bah, what up, and stuff. <laughs> Imran's the, the guy. Yeah. He's the master guy. Tell you what Imran did do, which is still my favourite episode. Yes. Is Imran did a whole history of the Spider-Man comics just for me. He did. That was a great episode. I never listened to that one. It was about Spider-Man. <laughs> so I'm saying I was in at the ground floor. I, the, I'll... 
I will say I skipped a couple of episodes and that was one of them. Shoddy. That was one of them. Shoddy, shoddy, shoddy. <laughs> but, but yeah. That was very cool. I'll, I mean, I'll yeah. never forget that. That was awesome. That was cool. And you asked for that and he gave you it. Mm-hmm. Well, I, did, I, I didn't ask for that. I asked for a cheeky little yeah, three-minute like, segment on Im- their next Imran, Imran, what comics should I read of Spider-Man? Holy shit, dude. I'm going to give you a three-hour episode. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's the kind of love you get from the Jogger Nerd. That's the kind of commitment they have they have given the podcasting world. I mean, they have literally taken the podcasting world and grabbed it by the pussy. You know, well done to those guys. I know I know we joke about Anthony and all that. Anthony love, loving Batman versus Superman. I mean, it's not his fault if he loves it. It's a damn fine movie. I, I don't, don't you apologise, Anthony. Do not don't ever apologise. Don't you ever apologise. Did you see him? He, he was greeting today on Facebook about the fact that Suicide Squad got an Oscar nomination above BVS. He wasn't happy. He, he was crying out for Best Supporting Actress for Gal Gadot. He was crying out for Best Supporting Actor for Jesse Eisenberg. Basically said, the best iteration of Lex Luthor there has ever been. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I agree with him. I, I, I do agree with him. We've defended that movie. We love that movie. You can't compete with his fanboyness for that movie. Nothing wrong with that at all. So Nothing yeah, that. guys, 150 episodes. I just feel that, that that's a big ass number. We'll get there. We'll get there. Do you think we will? We, uh, mm. Do you think maybe we'd have to start putting in like two weeks to get to 150 before we fall out? Oh, fuss and nonsense. Yeah? Yeah. yeah. No, we'll get there. Just We'll take our time. Remember when we kind of first started out and these guys were starting out round about the same time as us? Mm-hmm. I think, yeah, it was round about the same time. And all of a sudden, they were on like episode 100 and I looked at ours and we were like episode 40. Yeah, but they do it religiously every week. We just do it, you know, when when we've had a shit day. Yeah, yeah. There is that. <laughs> there is very much that. And <laughs> uh, you know what? The addition of Rugboy as the shows went on, what a guy Rugboy is. We actually got to meet him on our episode, which mm-hmm. is their episode 52. I always remember it because of the new 52 thing. So that was their episode. I, I can't tell you which one ours was because it was that long ago. But we talked about Mac and Me, which was great. Shit, that's right. Anthony did the homework and did not watch Mac and Me. But you know what? <laughs> I was drunk. Explained. He was having a wank over the, the still of, of uh, Ben Affleck next to I the back. I think that's what it was. I think <laughs> but the, the one where him and Cavill are kind of cuddling each other on the poster. That's right. Yeah, mm. I, that's probably what it was. I mean, you cannot you cannot deny the lad is committed to that movie. That's absolutely fine. You know, some people some people are committed to like The Godfather, to Apocalypse Now. So yep. that's their that's their best movie ever. Mine mm-hmm. is Jaws, you know. Yep. But this boy, this oh, this uh, cheeky millennial chap, <laughs> cheeky millennial gang. He signs. is committed to Batman versus Superman. He is. He is. And like we have said, don't ever apologize for that, Anthony. <laughs> you are they're, the man. They're so like yeah, Imran. guys, we're going to we're gonna let you crack on they with your 150th episode. I'm sure you've got many, many other messages from many other awesome people. Not as awesome as us, but awesome people nonetheless. So we're going to let you crack on and just say a big fucking well done, guys. I mean, you're a blaze on the trail and I love listening to you every week. But there's nothing wrong with Batman and Robin. They did a whole episode on Batman and Robin, what the fuck happened. Nothing really happened. It was a good film. I love Batman and Robin. It was not. It was a great film. No, it was not. Where, where would you put Batman and Robin in the pantheon of Batman movies? I'd probably put it above Dark Knight Rises. Wow. You mo- you motherfuck. And by the way, while we're on the subject of Dark Knight Rises, I know I'm kind of derailing this whole segment, but Trump quoting Dark Knight Rises... Bullshit. Oh, fuck off with that. Bullshit. I'm calling bullshit on all that bullshit. So, yeah, guys, again, 
150 episodes. I can't wait till we get there and you will be on our show to, to celebrate that. Hopefully, if you're still speaking to us after this. Uh, and that <laughs> Imran will, will be. Imran will be. Uh, Imran got the love and Rugby got the love, just yeah. not the millennial. No, I sure loved it. I, mean, I, agree, <laughs> I agreed with Anthony earlier on, on, on one thing, you know, but, you know, every now and then that happens, not often. And it is one of those stepbrothers moments when it's like, did we just become best friends? <laughs> no, we didn't. <laughs> because then he throws up one of his EDM gang signs. So guys, have a great show. Here's to another 150 more from the from from two two lads in Northumberland. Remember back in the day when they used to say that? I do. Oh man. I love it. I, lo- I used to love it when Imran said that. I felt like I'd made it. We're going to go because we're going to do one of our episodes, which is the 365 Flicks, by the way. You can listen to us if you're sick of listening to these guys, which, you know... If you're listening to this episode at 150, you're probably not sick of them. But you can listen to us, and we do pretty much what these guys do, just in British accents. Yeah, pretty much. And better. <laughs> and no rug boy. Well, you we, know, we toyed with we the idea. We tried to coax him over, but he wouldn't have it. He wouldn't have it. No, the 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 promise of coke and hookers didn't bring him over. So, <laughs> which was a shame. Jam sandwich, he said, would have done it, but we don't do jam sandwiches. 150 episodes. Crack on, guys. You're fucking amazing. They're just like you, Imran. <laughs> I, let him, I was they, like, they, no point. <laughs> they, you know, it, it's it's tough making succinct points in in short time periods, and I know you you can um, you can sympathize with them. Imran. Oh, absolutely! It's all train of thought, one Jesus thing to Christ. another. A lot like our president, who can't fucking finish a point and just keeps bouncing around. But look, Those guys. Have- They've been along for the ride the whole time. They yeah. really have. It was, you know, yeah, yeah. they were like, we always forget, like, who found each a Northumberland shout out from some love from Northumberland. Yeah, they've been been there forever. I love the, uh, I love that music they played on the, on the underneath. It was from uh, True, Romance, True Romance. One of my fucking favorite movies. Soundtrack of True Romance. Absolutely. Holy shit. It's a great movie. So thanks to everybody for listening. Thanks to everybody to sending those links in. Check out, uh, check out their shows. Check out the websites. Uh, shop jock and nerd listener. We have a little shop. You can go to jockandnerd.com slash shop and get a t-shirt or a mug or a hoodie. Hey, Ron, shut the fuck up. Dude. We, we, we're at two and a half hours and in this episode do, right now. Well, that's Jesus only because uh, we took a lot of pee breaks. <laughs> Let's just end the show. Holy shit, man. <laughs> and with that, I bid you adieu. Uh, rugs, where can the people find you? Oh my God. Well, when I'm not throwing up EDM gang signs, <laughs> that's like the best. Because I'm trying to contact Anthony in a, in, a, in, a, in a language that he understands. But you can find me on Twitter at ReallyRugBoy, where you can, uh, you can tweet me and we can talk. We can hang out. That, that's, that's actually a hilarious bit. On their show, you are a millennial who listens to EDM, throws up gang signs, and just loves Batman versus Superman. Oh, shit. That is your version. Uh, that's the version of you on their show. I, I think I got that after it's listening to It's pretty fucking fun, but they do it like every episode. <laughs> they, they bring it up. Look, this could be somebody's first show, goddammit, so I got to say subscribe to the show what on whatever platform you want to. You got anything yes. else, Imran? And tell a friend. There you go. Spread the geekery. Spread the empire stupidity. Thanks for listening. What's next for the show? Well, 151. But this has been the Jock and Nerd Podcast. <laughs> My name is Imran. My name's Anthony. He's the jock. He's a nerd. We'll catch you next time. Bukaki! Gentlemen, this is Democracy Manifest. Talking nerd.